What happened? I don't know, man. I was joining that jam. It w- This happens every time a good song comes on. That- I hate these guys. Who the fuck is in charge over there? <laughs> Who runs this joint? Come on, let's get out of this chip joint. Yeah, let's find another streaming game music station somewhere. I know there's got to be at least one. Anything's better than this. <laughs> these guys are worthless. Then he wonder they're out of business. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad I never gave them money. Some people did donate. I well, we ran for what was it like four years? I don't know. I mean, four years maybe. It was all just a blur, man. That was my rock and roll <laughs> days. Whatever was donated, I spent it all on uh, coke and horse. Cause you know me exactly. So uh, this is it, man. Episode one, Gaming AM. It's going to be way better than some other episode ones. It's, I don't know what you're talking about, man. That movie, this is pod racing. <laughs> this is going to be so wizard, Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, why do people care about Gaming AM? Why, why should they listen to Gaming AM? Well... I mean, if you're asking me, and you are because you just did, I would say it's because, and I'm being completely serious here, um, we are a couple of overgrown nerds. I mean, let's face it, there's really no other way to put it. And we still care about a lot of the shit that we cared about 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. In fact, I'm writing a uh, piece for our blog site called Why It Still Matters. For and our blog? For our blog. We have a blog? We have a blog. Really? You invited me to it, motherfucker. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, I'm writing a piece for that. I kind of want to try to do one piece a week for it and maybe do one to two weekly pieces on our Facebook pages. Okay. Um, just to kind of keep the activity there. Mm-hmm. The blog site, I want to be for like meaningful stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Facebook page is going to be more for like, hey, we're doing another podcast or you know, hey, we want to hear your questions if you have any, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. For the blog side, I want it to be more like um, pop culture and nostalgia and reflections and that kind of thing. So the one I'm writing about right now is I'm calling again why it still matters. And I don't want to talk about it too much because I'd rather people go and read it. But the essence of it is why at our ages, both being over 40, why does this shit still matter to us? Like mm-hmm. why do oh. we care? You swore. I can't swear? No. Uh, is that an FCC violation or yeah, something? Yeah, I, I had to bleep it. Okay, well, I'm glad we're on a delay. Otherwise, people would hear that. Yeah. Because we don't want to hear uh, us fucking swearing. <laughs> oh, did you catch that one, too? Yeah, I got it. Don't okay, worry. Well, good. If I don't, we'll edit them out later. It's all right. I don't know. You think I should swear? <laughs> yes, George, <laughs> goddammit, swear. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, why it still matters. So um, I, I guess I should probably ask, why would anybody want to read it? Who are you? Okay. Well, um, my name is Tom Tolios uh, on Gaming FM. I was Tyso. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the sort of editorial face of Gaming FM. I think I was the one that used the front page most often. I mean, you yeah, guys. You, I, guys- you know, it's funny. I was, uh, before we started doing this, I, I was looking at the Wayback Machine. And looking at uh, Gaming FM pages, and you wrote a lot. Yeah, man, there's a lot of content there. 
that you wrote. We uh, at some point we should probably pull that stuff. I know we have hard drives with that stuff, and we should pull some of that out and post it on like make the like we're not going to bring the radio station back. We should say that right now. It's not going to happen. Oh, we're not. <laughs> well, fuck <laughs> this. <laughs> Glad you caught that. I'm sorry. My temper got out of hand. We're not doing it, man. But I think the website should be uh, like archived searchable. Like not because you have to go to Wayback Machine to look. But you wrote a lot of stuff. There's some really cool stuff there. I'm like, man, I wish there was a way for people to be able to read all this stuff. Because I think Olaf still has like the forums Mm -hmm. and like everything. So we should we should talk to him and get that all get that all published. We put a lot of stuff out there. Whatever he's going to write um for the for the blog i can tell you it's going to be long i know that much about tom he's very very thorough when he writes yeah i can't i can't say that i'm always well researched and i know that's kind of a weird thing to say but i write more emotionally than i do um academically you know like if i know there's an easy to draw statistic out there on the internet or something that verifies my claim i'll post the link to it but i'm not really into fact finding as much as i'm into and i think you're probably like this too like i don't really care what the numbers say this is how i feel right and it doesn't matter what the statistics are like you know we could talk about kojima and konami you could give me a million reasons why konami was justified in doing everything that they did to kojima but i don't care because i like hideo kojima and i like his games Mm -hmm. and the fact that he got treated like shit by Konami, that's what matters to me. Right. Not all the justification for all the money they're making off of Pachinko or what a great business move it is for them. I've heard people talk about that with, like, say, Marvel Comics. You know, like, well, it doesn't matter how you feel because Marvel's making money. I'm like, okay, great, Marvel's making money. How does that serve me as a reader? How does that serve me as a fan of their product? If I don't like what they're doing, should I all of a sudden say, Okay, well, but it's cool anyway because they're making money. That doesn't do me any good. Right. All it does is take money out of my pocket and put it in theirs so that they can keep doing that. So like that kind of rationale just doesn't fly with me. So even if it makes sense on some logical level, I, I don't care because, again, I write from an emotional point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot, a lot of my um, editorials were like on Gaming FM. It was all like how I felt about stuff and yeah. – uh, you know why I felt the way I felt about it, and I think whenever I wrote your blogs, whether it was on Gaming FM or whether it was Rad's Basement or whatever, you were the same way. You know, you wrote how you felt, yeah. and that's really what a lot of this comes down to with our hobby is why we feel it. it you know, like I said, the title is going to be why it still matters. It's not about logic because mm-hmm. logically we should have left all this shit behind years ago, right? You know, fucking video game soundtracks and anime and Star Wars and superheroes. I mean, normal people just go past it. They outgrow it. You know, they get careers. They start families. They settle down. They don't have arrested development for 30 years Mm -hmm. like I do, you know. So that's all emotional. So that's why emotions are such a strong driving force and why this still matters because it's the only reason I cling to it. I mean, you could say, yeah, it's kind of sad. You know, he's a grown ass man and he still cares about this stuff, but you know what? I, it's what I like. Yeah. It's what I enjoy. It what's, it's what triggers my imagination. And, you know, go ask, uh, Kira Toriyama, you know, mm-hmm. does he still like it? Go ask, um, you know, Stan Lee, how does he feel about it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I could name any creator, you know, 
tell me when George R. R. Martin isn't killing some character off in Game of Thrones, even though he might be sad about it, that there's not a part of him that's just so gleeful about the fact that he's come up with this devious plot twist that he knows his readers are going to love. Tell me that the, the aspect of creating isn't centered on some sort of childlike glee, yeah. you know, and I'll call you a liar. And he's doing well, and all these people are doing well. And I would argue that, that we're the normal ones, you know. We're the ones that are going to do well, the ones that are passionate about the things we love. And, you know, if you don't, you're not normal if you don't love it. If you're, just gonna, if you're content to come home from work and watch CSI and Law and & Order, I mean, if that's all you want out of life, you know, you know have some passion, man. Well, You'll never meet anybody more passionate than Tom about the things he loves, man. He, uh, he's, he really gets into them, and that's what I like about him, and that's why I'm doing this podcast with him because we're both really passionate about really dumb stuff. I mean, dumb to some people, but to us, you know, uh, we just got done watching the last two episodes of Dragon Ball Super. We are just, like, laughing and having a good time. You know? And it's that's- the same stuff. It's not really that it's all that different. It's still Goku being an idiot, Vegeta being a thoughtful schemer, they're overwhelmed by some situation, and yet they they still act like fools, and it's still funny to us, right. you know. Um, there's an interesting anecdote I may have told you about before. Well, before I get into that, I will say that you're passionate about it too, which is something really that came out in the last couple of years. You used to be pretty passive. Um, whenever there were conflicts, arguments, discussions, you were always the kind of guy that was just like, I'm going to just... I'm not going to rock the boat. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like something happened a couple of years ago. The two of us sort of experienced a weird paradigm shift in a way mm-hmm. where it's like I was the super intense one, the individualistic one, the guy that just wanted to do things my own way. And you were like the guy that was like, okay, well, I'll do my own things my own way quietly, mm-hmm. where I had to be like, you know, the ideologue, you know, pounding the pulpit and rocking the boat and... It wasn't enough for me to just feel a certain way. I had to tell you why I felt a certain way. And if you didn't feel the same way I felt, then, you know, there's something wrong with you. And you need to get on board with my viewpoint. I'm not like that anymore. I'm not saying that you've become like that. But the point is, in the course. I'll stand up. Yeah. I'll say that. No. Because when you reach a certain age, I don't know. I don't know how many of our listeners are younger listeners. We haven't even finished recording this. We already have like 10,000 listeners. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest podcast in the world already. Well, it just jumped up like another 5,000 in that last yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah, it did. I got the paperwork off the, uh, off the printer. Yeah, Podcast One just emailed me. They told me they want us to uh, join their site, and they, uh, they're going to make us number one. We're already too good. We don't need them. We're done. I know. The next step is to colonize another planet with our podcast. It's a way to get people to go there, right? Yeah. If we're there, they'll go there. Yeah. If we cast it, they will come. If, <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. I know. You were just about to say that, but we're such on the same wavelength. Yeah. I just I, I didn't said need it to. I right. I like said I'll it for stop you. and I'll let him because mm-hmm. he knows. So anyway, you started standing up and talking in very opinionated terms to me about things. And I was really surprised that you would do that because it was just a side of you I'd never experienced before. Well, what I was going to start saying before we talked about how great we are. Because we are great. It yeah, goes without saying. Um, this is it, not a tribute. This is the greatest podcast in the world. Exactly. So um, what I was going to say, if, if some of our listeners are younger, what you'll find uh, when you reach a certain age is that – um, life just beats you down over time 
and you just start punching back at some point and you say i'm i'm just tired of this shit and i'm not gonna take it anymore glad you caught that Mm -hmm. because they're saying that that's the only thing that's really keeping us from reaching other galaxies and Mm -hmm. alien life forms yeah just tone it tone down the swearing the the swearing right and and you'll be fine yeah but yeah god god doesn't (laughs) like it either right (laughs) he's not cool with it yeah so you know we're just trying to cover all our bases here you know starting out um but yeah over time you just get to a point where it's like i'm you know you you start standing up and saying enough's enough these are the things i like in life this it just it's all about eliminating stress man mm-hmm. well like you to speak to your point about getting older um you just get to a point where you just want to be able to enjoy the things you enjoy and you don't really want to have to worry about justifying it at some point whether you try to hide it or whether you try to suppress it or not, you're just going to like the things that you like. And those things are always going to stay with you. Again, that's emotional and it's irrational. Yeah. Um, I will tell you one thing that when I was working at the place where we used to work, people didn't get me for the longest time because mm-hmm. I didn't vocalize my appreciation for stuff like that. You'd have to come to my cubicle and you'd have to see my wallpaper or you'd have to hear me in a conversation with you to really understand what we were all into because we didn't broadcast it. You mm-hmm. know, you had to come by and experience a conversation that we were having. Right. But then like people would come by my desk and they'd see my Marvel, my Marvel figures on my desk or whatever, or they'd see my Berserk wallpaper and they'd be like, Oh, what's up with this guy? Mm-hmm. You know? And I know that I was kind of an oddball, but because I didn't really go out of my way to, tell people about it i was able to get by and it's funny because in the later years now with the advent of the marvel movies and superhero movies becoming so popular like i kind of became the guy like everyone came to me when they had questions at that point because it's like oh it's cool to like this now so now we can talk to tom about it openly and i'm like see unlike you i didn't and this is something i take a little pride in unlike you i never conformed to social change like i didn't adopt something simply because everybody else liked it it wasn't some secret thing that that i liked that nobody else liked like i knew it was always good i knew that those things always had value mm-hmm. i used to tell people that captain america was my hero as a child and everybody like he's not real and i'm like why would i follow somebody that's real as a hero you know, what's the point of that? And they're like, well, because a real person is somebody that you can really believe in. And I'm like, Captain America's real. And they'd be like, well, no, he's not. He's a comic book. I'm like, you know who he is? And they're like, yeah, he's real. You know, he's an ideal. Yeah. Your heroes sh- shouldn't necessarily be real people because real people are all flawed. You know, I guess you can appreciate a person for having heroic values and still being flawed. But, you know, I mean, the reason you like someone is because of the ideals that they uphold not because of the flaws, you know, a fictitious character is somebody that you can like and they don't have to have flaws. Right. You know, if you say Superman is your, is your hero, well, Superman doesn't have flaws, you know, doesn't matter whether he's real. Exactly. What matters is the ideals that the character exists and strives for and whether or not you believe in those. I like this guy and I'm going to follow what he does. Maybe follow his example. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's just like game soundtracks. It's like why, you know, when everybody else was listening to popular music, I was listening to game soundtracks. It's always was, been that way. I was always a tweener. I liked popular music, and I also liked game soundtracks. I guess that's a that's something I did always notice about you, that you didn't listen to a whole lot of popular music. No, that's where I 
was the oddball. I was a weird. People be like, "What kind of music are you into?" I'd be like, oh, "God damn it, I don't want to answer that question." Yeah, it's also one of those like weird questions that people just tend to ask, and then they. It's judge just you. a BS verbal yeah. diarrhea question. When yeah, let's break the ice. What kind of music listen to? Well, there's an anecdote I want to tell, not specifically about that, but it's a work-related anecdote where um, I used to sit next to this girl, and every day she'd tell me about her son. And I'm not going to name the woman, and I'm not going to name the son, but she's like, you know, hey, um, my son did this at school today. I'm like, great, cool. You know, oh, hey, you know, my son joined this team at school. Awesome. Oh, let me show you my son's report card. And then one day I, she was telling me about her son. I'm like, listen, Okay. At the risk of getting fired here, I'm going to tell you that I really don't care about your son. I'm happy you have a son. I'm happy you love your son. That's great. But I don't know your son. I don't work with your son. I don't talk with your son. I work with you. I talk to you. Tell me about you. Mm -hmm. What are you into? What do you like? If you don't have anything to tell me about yourself, then this, this, I don't want to know you because you're vapid and you're uninteresting. You know, I mean – Tell me about things that you like, even if it's something as banal as I like clubbing. Well, at least now I know something about you. I like turtles. Ah, <laughs> uh, that fucking video. Oh, catch it, catch it, catch oh. it. Yeah, just, just in the it. nick of time. They didn't hear me cursing there. Yeah, I know good. they didn't. Because even though we already have like 7 billion listeners, we're trying to expand our base. It, it keeps going up. The dot matrix printer is just spewing out page after page, and I'm having to tear off those little uh, circles on either side <laughs> and, and read the the listeners are just going up, man. I can't tell you how pleased it makes me when I hear someone say, oh, I like video games, or mm-hmm. hey, I like comic books or i'm into anime something that i wasn't expecting a person to say and it's not necessarily because it's a common interest it's more because it shocks me that they are an individual they get it you know they they they're into something i've said it for a long time everybody needs to be geeked about something if you're not geeked about at least one thing and by one thing i don't mean geeked about your family or geeked about your house or geeked about your job because to me, that's not being a geek. To me, geeking about something is is it's some kind of hobby passion or some kind of hobby interest that you have. You know, something that is just for you. Mm-hmm. You know, your house is a function. It's something that you need. You know, your car, your job, those are things you need. I guess you don't really need your family, but you create a family with a very specific purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can love your family and be into it. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, I... I don't really hold that against anyone, even though if that's all you have, you're not going to be a very interesting person to me. Right. But like when you say something like, um, I like reading mystery novels. Okay. Now I know something about you. Now yeah. I know something about you as a person, you know, and, and now, now I'm interested. Now I want to talk about that. Now I want to find out more about you because there's something different about you. You're not just a nine to five ham and egger. <laughs> yeah. You're just going in, doing your time and going home. And then like, Sitting in a chair in the middle of a room with nothing else in the room. (laughs) Yeah, it's just – I don't want to look down on people like that, but I'm just going to say that. I don't find them very interesting when the only thing they have is their job Mm -hmm. and their family and their car. Like, You know, you can't always say that. Like back in the day, you could say that. Like somebody's like, oh, I love video games. It's like, oh, man, you never meet somebody. But now that they're so ingrained in culture and they're so mainstream, now – 
not every time you meet somebody like that. Oh, I love video games, man. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, um, you kind of sometimes. Really, you, what game do you like? Oh, Call of Duty, man. <laughs> what, it, what? What else? Yeah, Black Ops, bro. You know, I don't. This is going to sound kind of bad, but I don't really consider people that just like Call of Duty gamers. No, I think by the strictest definition of the term, they might be because you know they play a game, but. To me, like a gamer is somebody that just likes games. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a Call of Duty guy, a dude bro, you're never going to get them to play an RPG. Mm-hmm. Or you're never going to get them to play, you know, a Mario game or Kirby or, right. you know, even Smash Brothers for that for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're never going to get them to play anything that's like niche or anything that's colorful. Mm-hmm. It's got to be brown. There's got to be guns in it. You know, a dilapidated city. Oh, and, and sports titles too. Like, yeah. you know, they'll play Madden, Madden. until their dicks fall off. Mm-hmm. But... You know, God forbid they play, you know, something kind of interesting like maybe Blitzball or, you know, Cyberball or something like that. You know, something off the cuff. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not – even a sports game off the cuff, they're not going to play that because a sports game, it's got to have recognizable names. They got to be able to play Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or something like that. That's that's fine, but I don't consider those people gamers. So, like, if somebody tells me they like Call of Duty – I don't really sink into that. But if somebody tells me they like Call of Duty and they like Final Fantasy, okay, now I'm a little interested because even if even if you don't like Final Fantasy, the fact that you met someone out of the blue that likes it, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. So why does all this matter? You know, it matters because I think it makes us colorful people. I think it makes us interesting people. It gives us a dynamic variety of geek intensity. And I think that just makes you more interesting. It makes you more fascinating to me as a person. And um, what I what I boil it down to is the fact that it sparks my imagination means it's a source of inspiration for me. You know, being into this stuff is a source of inspiration. It puts a smile on my face. It lifts my heart up. It, it makes me very happy um, because of those things, because the the power of – Human creativity. It's something that we possess mm-hmm. that nothing else possesses that we know of. And I find that I find that enriching. You know, I find that enlivening, I guess. Oh, so. man. Dude, when I would uh, – when I heard that um, – this is going back to when uh, Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods came out, the movie. I was – I turned into a child. When I, I read that announcement online, I was like, oh, my God, it's 17 years, man. Dragon Ball's coming back. They bring it back. Dragon Ball. Can you believe this? I'm like telling people who don't give a shit. Oh, bring it back. Dragon Ball, man. Like, all right. Yeah. And even though you know it's going to be the same thing all over again. It doesn't still, matter. It doesn't who matter. Cares? Right. It's, it's Goku's going to punch people. Yeah. You get, to see, you get to see the characters you love. They're doing the same thing, but they're doing it in a new setting with some new characters, new characters some new situations. New, yeah, it's a continuation. Like it ended, and it was 17 years ago. And like it's never coming back. It's been 17 years. They're going to just keep regurgitating all the old shit in video games yeah. and spinoffs and stuff. But no, here's a new anime, and here's, it's pretty fucking here's, cool. Yeah, here's a new movie. And I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, here's a second movie. And I was like, what? Yeah. They're like, fuck it, we're just going to do a new TV series. How's, it, how's that? My head exploded, man. And it doesn't matter. Doing, it doesn't matter how old you get. Right. Well, the thing is because it, it sinks its claws into you at a particular point in life where you're susceptible to it. And I guess susceptible is a bad term. You're open to it. You're receptive to it. 
and it just connects with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking in, in your room right now and I see your your jacket with stage three Goku. And I remember when you got that jacket mm-hmm. and you still have it hanging there mm-hmm. and it's still badass as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just those it don't are... fit anymore. Really? Too, yeah, I'm too fat. Are you serious? Yeah. You were yeah. never really that I no, mean, you're but not I probably that big of a guy, really. Well, I probably weighed like a buck fifty when that jacket was made. Now I'm like almost two hundred. I'm losing weight again. Maybe I'll be able to wear it. Really? You're over 200 pounds? No. I'm like 195. Okay. Wow. We weigh the same. Can you imagine the day when we would have been able to say that? You remember how big I used to be? Yeah. You used to be chunky, but you're never like a fat guy, I wouldn't say, but you were like a chunkier. Like you fit your persona really well. I met Tom at... uh, at the, he worked at a comic store. He's he was a comic book guy. He really was. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't as that drool, I was more passionate than comic book guy. But right, right. comic book guy, he actually is passionate, but he delivers everything with sort of this monotone, droll sensibility. Whereas I was really animated. yeah, you're excited. You were you were really excited because uh, I walked in there and I was with a couple. Who was I with? I don't. Even, it doesn't matter. They don't give a shit. I was with a couple friends and uh, and I walk in there and we were talking about Ranma. Ranma one half, right? Yeah, well, Ranma was the connection for us, I think, yeah. because was it the um, was it the first we were looking at Ranma the, movie with shampoo? Yeah, well, they had the Viz had the issues out, and right? We were, right. We were looking at the issues, and then yeah, I think the you guys had. Like, I think I was just excited to see somebody looking at something that I approved of. I like those things. Here's the, yeah, because back then you got to understand, man. Like in the nineties. Well, that would have been like 93? It would have been sometime between 91 and 95 because that's when I worked at that hobby store. That's too vague. It's, it had to be like 90, 93. Uh, 93. But the point is so it, was here, the er- it was the early 90s. There was no- It wasn't that mainstream. No, it wasn't mainstream getting, at all. Yeah, man, you were getting anime on uh, VHS and like f- fifth and sixth generation copies that you'd pick up and they would fade in and out of black and white and color. Right. And the tracking, tracking would be all shitty yeah. and yeah. That's that's how you watched anime back then. And it wasn't subbed a lot of times. No, you did get it raw a lot. I mean, really, our our love for anime, I think it, the mutual starting point for us was Robotech. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, initially, standing in that comic store was Ranma. Oh, no, for the two of us together. Yeah, that's, that's our connection. But, but I'm saying we both liked anime before then. And I think Robotech was probably the probably. starting point for that's both like, of us as individuals. Yeah, that'd probably be like the first thing I, I mean, saw. It was like Robotech and like Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs were like the first things. And I didn't even know at the time like what it was. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know the term anime at the right. time. It would be just like this looks different from other stuff. Whereas I like, pursued it very, very voraciously after Robotech. I just had a hunger for it. Like my my appreciation of like Western entertainment like just went away. <laughs> It was just like, where can I find more of this? How can I get more of this? That led to like Fist of the North Star and Mobile Suit Gundam. And I don't want to hurt you, Ken, but I will if I have to. <laughs> and uh, uh, fucking James Avery, the Shredder, man, as uh, that dude, the, the metal dude that Ken fights in the movie. Well, I know he fights him in the show too, but in that movie, he fights that dude made of metal. You got to know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, he's yeah, vo- the, and it's the, James Avery, man. Yeah, yep, it is. Now you really made me mad, asshole. <laughs> you got to remember that line. Yeah, I, I do, it's been a long time since I've seen that dub of it. There's, the, the, I think oh, there's a new dub that I watched recently. Dub's but. so gay, but it's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you smell that? That's <laughs> the smell of death. <laughs> it's so bad. But that's all we had, man. So it was like, this is awesome. Because we well, didn't know any better. Well, yeah. So anyway. Well, you probably did because you well, watched the show 
in Japanese. Well, yeah, I, I always preferred subtitles back then. Now it's like if the dub is good, I can tolerate it, but I still would prefer subs. Really, it's not even about like the voices, the music. I can't stand when they change the music. Yeah. So anyway, we're in the comic store because yeah. we've gone off on like 20 tangents now, which is fine because even with the tangents, we're getting like yeah. 20 billion listeners. It, it doesn't matter because they, they we, yeah, they love us. Yeah. We can, t- we can just talk about our bowel movements from last night, and they'd be like, this is awesome, man. Speaking of which, we're about to get 10 billion more viewers. Really? Next episode, bowel movements. Stay yeah. tuned. Say it. Yeah, listen. We may, be good. we may talk about it before the end of this episode. So if we do, you don't want to miss it. So yeah. you might want to start tuning in now. Yeah. Get your yeah. Get everything in order. Get your kids out of the room. Pull the car over if you're driving, listening to it, because you'll crash. Yes. Um, it's that good. Uh don't lock your doors. Don't close your windows. Just listen to this podcast. Yeah. Because trust me, no matter what gets stolen from your house, and no matter how much cold air blows in, you're not going to care. As long as you have this to listen to. Right. And then just put it on loop. Forever. Just <laughs> keep playing it because, yeah, it's I mean, that you good. You won't want to listen to anything else. Yeah. Shit, I don't. Mm-mm. I may listen to this perpetually. We're just, yeah. I'm listening to it right now, and I'm, I can barely contain my excitement. I'm hard. <laughs> so we're in the comic store. Right. I wasn't hard then, but I am now. <laughs> so we're in the um, – and uh, we well, we started talking about – you got, oh, you guys are into Ranma? Yeah, and then we got to talking. And then uh, – well, I remember you were, like, really excited and really animated. It was cool. I'm like, here's this guy that's excited as I am about this shit. It's really cool. You have, to understand, I, you have to understand that, like, at that – at that place, I had to deal with a lot of knuckle draggers mm-hmm. and a lot of mouth breathers that were just like, I was so over superheroes at that point. I read them out of habit, but like I didn't really care as much as I cared about a, a manga and anime at that point in time. Yeah. So anyway, so f- to me, you know, you come in and you're talking around them like, this is fucking cool. This is a person that gets it. They're on my wavelength. They like the same shit I like. I need to show them more of the stuff I like. But anyway, go ahead. Um I, I don't remember the exact circumstances. What I know we were talking about Ranma, and then it led to like, what other anime do you like, and what you know you play video. I, th- I think Ranma was the starting connection, but then I think it went into video games. Yeah, more we than- start talking about video games, and I I intended on walking into this comic store and spending like fifteen minutes, and uh, and leaving, and I'm with two friends too. On top of that, and I spent like two hours in this comic store talking to this dude I don't even know. And, um, but then I, I think your head really exploded when I was like, I used to work at EGM. Yeah. And you were like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I love that magazine back then. Right. Right. It was right. a great magazine. And so did I. I mean, the, the fact that I worked there is irrelevant. I mean, my love for that magazine was just as much as anybody, you know, I, I read it and enjoyed it just like any other regular guy just happened to have the good fortune to know a guy that worked there who got me in there. And, you know, so it was just something that I carried around with me i didn't like dive into the celebrity of it or anything once i was gone out of there i was just like okay you know it was just a job i'm you know but every once in a while you meet somebody like this guy who was really excited about it like oh okay well yeah i did that thing and then we swapped phone numbers and we started hanging out going to uh there's a japanese japanese themed mall by what would you even call it a japanese themed japanese mall. shopping japanese center. mall japanese shopping center we're yeah. like every, yeah and then we started going there and getting we would get uh raw Japanese Dragon Ball episodes. Right. Now, 
wasn't Dragon Ball was something that you originally got exposed to through the video games. Yeah, I had yeah. only seen the SNES, uh, Super Booter Den, Super Booter Den Two, right? Route at the time. This we, is like I said, it was like nineteen ninety two or three, probably. We played the shit out of that man. We yeah. played that so much. In fact, I think to this day, like that and some variation of Street Fighter Two might be the two games we played more than any other together. Yeah, we like, were into that. We played so much Dragon Ball. Yeah. And but I didn't even know like what I it was know, about. Like, I didn't know anything about the characters. Who cares? Yeah. This split screen and these giant fireball explosions and oh man, it's yeah. so awesome. But you would like we would go to this Japanese mall and you would see like they would have wall scrolls and posters and things and the characters are just very like captivating. Like you look at the characters like I don't know what's going on here, but Man, those guys all look really awesome. See, and this is one of the. This is going to be a little side tangent, just very brief. I don't want to go off too into it, but like you look at the Dragon Ball characters, and even to this day, they stand out. They're unique. They're yeah. different from everything else. It's not just another fucking stupid high school anime where like it's a bunch of girls in Sailor Fukus with samurai swords and giant guns, and a bunch of like you know young heroes and uh, that all the women in the show will like. It's not some fucking dumbass harem anime it's like you look at dragon ball and you could you could complain dragon you could say dragon ball is quote-unquote dumbass too but the thing is you look at those characters there's nothing else that looks like it right it's a very it's got its own unique identity yeah um and the I, world that it takes place in has its own unique rules and there's just a lot yeah there's a like, lot going on there. if you go look at a shelf of anime today, like you know, if even such a thing, or even go look at Netflix. Just yeah. look at the Netflix anime. Oh, you can selection. go to Walmart these days, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But like, just go turn on Netflix. Look at the anime selection. Yeah, those shows. There's like three shows with like fifty different names. They all look the same. But I, mean, I, I tell you, if you scroll by and you see Dragon Ball, it's going to stand out and look unique yeah. from everything else. You know. It's just its own thing, and that's kind of one of the coolest things about it. I, in fact, I don't. I have a hard time even classifying it as like anime. Like I just call it Dragon Ball. Yeah. Not that anime is a bad word, but like Dragon Ball is just Dragon Ball. You it's know? its and own it, thing. And it's not I would, my. I would go as far as to call it the Star Wars of anime. Hmm. I can't think of anything else that would. Well, I'd call I'd call Dragon Ball the Star Wars, and I'd call Gundam the Star Trek. Okay. Is how I is how I term it i would do that yeah i know that um, makes sense those those are like the two institutions I mean, although i will say naruto it came i won't say it came close but while dragon ball was gone naruto kind of filled that niche yeah. but the thing is dragon ball it, it's not really it doesn't really draw a lot culturally from japan on its surface like there are some like undercurrents of it. like anytime you see them eat ramen noodles and stuff like that or you know like the way the way Chi Chi has the house in order and stuff like that stuff is culturally very Japanese, but like overall, it doesn't really it doesn't really show its roots quite as much as other anime does. Yeah. So like it, it kind of stands out apart even in that respect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah I, well, I I have a friend who is not into anime at all. I have this one friend doesn't he hates anime like not 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 into it. He hates it. I'm not gonna say his name. Fuck it, his name's Coop. <laughs> He hates it. And I, 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 you know, I always try and tell him, like, Dragon Ball's not like, like, he's just like, I'm like, why, dude? Why do you hate it? And he's like, well, just like, the, you, know, you just look at anime and you can see it from a mile away. The, the giant eyes and the, you know, the, the, the giant mouths and the screaming and the yelling. I'm like, yeah, but apart from the screaming and yelling, Dragon Ball doesn't really have those things. 
you know i mean I, they have I, those very unique squarish looking eyes and... I, I would say that just like everything else dragon ball's got its share of like i guess quote unquote flaws it's got its characteristic things that i that drive me nuts about it but i still love it i still really enjoy it and you know you cut out the filler it actually it's actually pretty fun to watch yeah yeah, so Coop's never tried Dragon Ball at all, huh? No, but no, he just doesn't like anime. Okay. You know? I tried to get him. I've like tried like all these like bargaining techniques and chips. And stuff. He's a sports guy. It's strange that we even get along, but he's into a lot of the same like nerdy stuff that we are. Apart from anime, and apart from, he's not into anime or video games. Like he he doesn't have hatred for video games like he does anime, but he just not he doesn't play them. You know, it's it's weird that we even get along. But he's into he's into Marvel, he's into Star Wars, mm-hmm. and all. So we have lots and lots of stuff to to talk about and relate on. You know, but yeah, just those like like couple things. He's always game, and if I'm like you know, hey, let's you, you check out this video game. He's like, oh cool, you know. But I'm like, check out this anime. He's like, go fuck yourself. This is not, you know, not gonna do it. Try, I'm trying to try because he's a big sports guy, and he's like, well, if you maybe, uh, you know, you come to a Hawks game with me or something. He's you know, being a Blackhawks, right. and I'm like, all right, if you watch Dragon Ball, <laughs> I go to a Hawks game with you. And he's like, oh, fuck, I don't think it's not worth it, huh? Yeah. We played the Dragon Ball video games, and I think I was the one that told you I could get some Dragon Ball episodes. Yeah, because you always went to anime. Like you were way more into it than I ever was. My uh, my experience with anime at that time. Was like, you know, I had just seen a little bit of Ron. It was all stuff like dudes from EGM. Like there's this one dude named Mike at EGM that um, he, he, he had tons of stuff. Like the stuff I had seen is like Robotech. The stuff that every American right. sees is like you know, Robotech, stuff like that. And he's like, oh, I've got all kinds of, like he really got me into the more hardcore, like Ron Moen half. Um, it was, uh, Project Echo was, he showed us Project Echo, which in itself is like just a parody of anime. Right. Like the whole movie is just a parody of like all of the, tropes in anime it, it nails like every single one of them isn't it funny that you could watch project Aiko now and compare it to some of the other stuff that's that's popular now and it would just seem run-of-the-mill these mm-hmm. days like mm-hmm. it's like they've totally missed it it's it's just like it's satirizing all the stupid crap you see in anime and like now all the stupid crap has become now yeah it's everything like now project, it's not a satire people would, anymore people would watch project Aiko unironically now yeah they'd know? be like i give it a c yeah, like it's like everything else. Yeah, it's just they're missing the point. Like, like somebody, I mean, you dude, you had you had uh, the the, the schoolgirl outfits. You had panty shots. You had uh, the spaceships. Had that big space battle. Yeah, it had uh, it had you had a fist of the North Star. That one that one female yeah. character that was Kinshiro. Yeah, and it wasn't like a mean spirited satire. It wasn't like it wasn't attacking anime, but it was kind of pointing out like all the dumb shit you see in right. it. But that was its genius, you know. But it had everything. But like at the time, it, when it's the first thing you ever see, you're just like, "This is it's amazing." It's kind of a weird thing because I think Project Echo is the sort of thing that's so bizarre. It's going to click with a lot of people, but then with a lot of other people, it's going to be like, "What the fuck did I just watch? I never <laughs> want to see anything like this again." <laughs> yeah. Like it's not conventional at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm not recommending it to people. But if you like anime, you know, you you get a kick out of it. But um, so that was all I had was like a copy of Project Echo. Robotech and some Ranma, you know, and then you were like, oh, well, I go to anime cons and I can get all this. I'm like, oh, cool, man. So, yeah. So you went and you took like your VCR and your 18th generation tapes. And, and I, we would do tape and, trades. And, yeah. And, you'd, and you would dub. And we would, you know, we finally saw Dragon Ball for the first time. First Dragon Ball thing we ever saw was. Uh, it was you, during the Boo Saga, right? No. No, you brought us. A, it was the movie. Was it? First. Oh, was it a cooler movie? You brought us the. You brought us a. Um, it was a. It had movie seven, 
and movie five. Movie seven was first thing on the tape, and then after seven ended, movie five. So okay. it's movie five, which was uh, Super Android 13, and right. then movie five was the first cooler movie. Right. Okay, so five it. and six were cooler. Wait, wait, which? So six and seven were cooler. It was coolers, seven right? and five. So right, seven no, but I'm, I'm talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, just six and, six and seven were coolers, and five was Android 13. No, because I know- that's wrong. Okay. Five and six were cooler. So seven was Android seven 13. Seven was Android, yeah. And then eight was Brawly. Yeah. Ugh. We'll get into that more later. Yeah. We might need a whole episode was, to discuss yeah. how oh, crappy. The only good thing about Brawly is his American voice actor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So anyway. But so that, okay, so it was movie seven and then five. Yeah. Okay. And, and like, the, the, for some reason, the movie seven was better quality than the movie five. Oh. I don't know why, but it was like you could movie seven was watchable. But once you got to movie five, it was like in and out of black and white, and like the auto tracking kept popping up and moving that little slider back and forth. Yeah, on the but it was still fucking cool. Well, yeah. In fact, nowadays like, it'd be cool in like a hipster way. Yeah, like, I might still have those tapes upstairs too. I don't, I, have, a, I don't have a VCR anymore. I I got three of them just in my closet. <laughs> They're just up, you know, I mean, they're not hooked up, but I could hook one up and we could watch those tapes. That could be, that could be fun. Yeah, because I've still got the episodes with the Japanese commercials in them, too, that we taped from, well, we didn't tape them. I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. We, we didn't bootleg anything. No, we didn't. No, we nothing, borrowed them nothing. and gave them right back. Right. So I don't still have those tapes. Forget it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would go to this Japanese mall. The Japanese mall had a, a rental shop where, like, non-native you know japanese people that were here could go and watch all their stories that they wanted to watch by going to this rental store they would tape like all these shows off tv and then ship them over and then like a week later people in america could watch them and some of the stuff that mixed in there was anime yeah there was a anime section there was a drama section you know there was like variety show section it wasn't just animated stuff yeah so somehow you got wind like yeah we could go to this rental store and get like every week, we could get the latest episode of Dragon Ball Z. Like, let's start doing that. Mm-hmm. So then we it was had, like a compilation tape too. It's like you'd rent a tape, and we got like, into other shows because right. of that. Because we got into like remember they had the Virtual Fighter anime, right? Because yeah, you'd get a videotape, and it'd be like this compilation is Virtual Fighter, Dragon Ball, and two other shows. Yeah. So we would watch like what? The, let's see what else is on here. This is dog shit. What is it? Oh, Virtual Fighter. Let's check this out. Yeah. So we went over to watching that. It wasn't of course, bad. it was neat because it was Virtua Fighter. It wasn't really that good. Yeah, who cares? Right. It's, but it was cool to see the characters. Right, exactly. Know, having badly animated fights. Yeah. Well, they didn't draw them like blocky like they were in the game, but it, yeah, it was still kind of bad. Yeah, it, was, it just it wasn't was that right. engaging, but yeah, it, was it was just neat to see it. Yeah, it was just like, well, Dragon Ball's over. What do you want to do now? Let's watch Virtua Fighter, I guess. Then they weren't subbed. Like, none of it was subbed. No, so just but... Like, with Dragon Ball, like, you get to know the characters, you get to know, so you can kind of tell what's going on, but Virtual Fighter, we were like, I don't know what's, I don't what's know going on here. Is, there's a bunch of people talking, and then a car pulled I know, up and some ninjas. I know that guy. I've seen him in the game. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. They're fighting about something. Yeah. It wasn't a tournament. The Virtual Fighter cartoon, is, the anime, as I recall, it wasn't a tournament. There was actually, like, a story where, like, the characters were doing things. Yeah. So... It kind of like Street Fighter 2V. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a tournament. It was just like the characters were traveling around the world and getting in adventures. Yeah. yeah. Were you going to jail and meeting Sagat? Did that, did that happen? Yeah. He ended up getting thrown into a Thailand prison and Sagat was there. I haven't seen that in so long. Oh my you know, God. it wasn't that bad, actually. No, it was all right. Um, I, I remember it being really, like by the end, it got really, like, really good when they started fighting M. Bison. Yeah. Or Vega, if you're, in, if you're Japanese. I yeah. That no, was pretty cool. I hate, I hate how um, Guile. Get shat on in those. 
Well, he does great against Ryu and Ken in that second episode. It's like one of the best episodes of that show. Not because Ken and Ryu get the shit beat out of him, because it's kind of cool to see that Guile is the gold standard that they end up striving for. Like, right. he's so good that they're like, I have to get good enough to beat him. And then at the end of it, like, Ryu uses everybody's moves. It's like, mm-hmm. it's one of those weird composite things that you see in anime where, like, the main character, like, learns all the. He, like, I'm going to take a little bit from this character, and I'm going to take a little bit from that character, and I'm going to do all their moves, and that's how I'm going to beat you. See, it's not just me beating you. It's all of us beating you. Mm-hmm. I'm just the avatar for all of us right. defeating you. But it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, it so. wasn't bad. I, see, I couldn't get into it. Like, I tried to watch it again like later on. I was like, I'm gonna, I, should, I haven't seen that in so long. I'm going to watch it. But all I had access to was the American and they changed the theme song. Street Fighter. It was so bad. Street Fighter. That bullshit, like when anime first started coming to the US, it was that bullshit marketing where they're like, we got to make this so people in the US can relate to it. It's like, why? I blame it. I blame all that on Mortal Kombat, though. Like, not that, not Mortal Kombat sucky or anything, but like the movie came out and it was a minor hit. So everyone's like, we got to make all our music like this. The music got to sound like the Mortal Kombat music. And it's like, that's not Street Fighter. But it was the same thing with like everything. Like, Dragon Ball came out, Dragon, Dragon, Rock the Dragon. It's like, <laughs> dude, why? This is so dumb. I can't watch the old. American dub Dragon Ball. The first dub. Because of the soundtrack. It's not even the voice. The voices are bad enough, but it's the soundtrack. I just... You know, that was just one guy doing all those voices. I can't believe it. (laughs) It's just one guy. Yeah, a little known fact. uh, If you listen to this podcast, you'll know the secret, but in future podcasts, we're never going to reveal this, but both of us, it's just one guy. Yeah. It's the only time we'll ever say it. One guy doing all those voices. And a very elaborate mix job. But it's like in, in Dragon Ball, it was like they all, like everybody has to sound like this. Why does everybody have to sound like this? I am the prince of all Saiyans once again. <laughs> and then, love, and then uh, it's over 9,000. And, uh, and Piccolo, Goku. Ugh. Why? Like, if like in watch- terms of Japanese, they're just like, we, we picked people that sounded this way. Like, that's their natural voice. Like, we were looking for a guy that sounds like this. We'll pick this guy. But in America, they just picked some people and were like, we want you to sound this. Don't use your natural voice. We need this character to sound this way. Well, we need this character. Everybody's got to have a gravelly voice. And well, I'll tell you. That's I how think, they'll know they're bad guys. I think the reason for that is just largely because of, like, American stereotypes of characters. Like, you know, your hero has to sound like this and your villain has to sound like this. And, you know, well, if Piccolo's not going to be the villain anymore, there's no. it doesn't make sense for his voice to change. But you see... Um, I feel like by adhering to those stereotypes, you're really kind of robbing the show of a lot of its nuance and a lot of its interesting aspects. Like Piccolo is cool because he normally speaks in a soft voice and he only raises his voice when he gets super angry. Like most of the time Piccolo has this like really, really soft voice. Like you really have to almost pay attention to him. Mm -hmm. Even when he insults you, he's like, you fucking shit. Mm -hmm. You know, he just kind of says it under his breath, you know, but. But like in the, in the American- U.S., Goku, we've got to stop Cell. How Dude. could you be such an idiot? You know, it's like in in I don't and I don't want to disparage the the voice actors. No, it's not. It's not a it's criticism not their, of the performers. No, it's not their fault. It's not the voice actors' fault. They were directed probably by some short sighted. You know, I wouldn't even say that it's short-sighted because I would say that like thought went into casting those particular voices. The, I think the problem is that. It's in a lot of productions, like I feel like it just insults the viewing public's intelligence. Like give them give them credit. 
show it the way it's supposed to be. You know, try to reproduce it the way it's supposed to be. Your audience might surprise you. They might actually get it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it would have created a far more interesting and, and, and nuanced show had they actually just tried to emulate the voices to some degree. But did, you ever hear, did you ever hear Cell's uh, voice? No. In the, in the dub? When they got him to the, uh, like when he was perfect Cell. And he's supposed to be like more intelligent. Ha, ha, ha. So Goku. He's like oh. all like intelligent. So sounding. he sounds like Billy Zane from the, Titanic. Yeah. It's so dumb. <laughs> Look at me, you filth. <laughs> Dude, why? It should have just been remember, Billy Zane from Titanic. Do you remember... Uh, you remember when we used to make fun of the toys that came out? Oh, because because Goku had a rocket launcher. Goku had a rocket launcher, and I'm like, he can blow up a planet. Why does he need a rocket launcher? They, they had like guns and shit. Yeah, like why does why does Vegeta need a machine gun? <laughs> yeah, they had and they had vehicles too. Like they all can fly. They can fly. Why are they? They included like a vehicle. Like Krillin came with a scooter or something. And I was right. like, dude, what but, the fuck is going on? But we learned from a filler episode of the show that was never in the manga that Piccolo and Goku didn't know how to drive. They, yeah, right. They had to. They had to get their driver's license. That's a, that's a real episode. But uh, yeah, they, I, they. It's like the American marketing people only saw that episode, and they're like, oh, okay. So they drive around in cars and and they save school buses. So. To kind of get back on topic here, because we've we've deviated. We're wildly. on topic. Like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Fuck everyone. This we are on topic. A, we are on topic. It's I, the greatest podcast in the world. Whatever we talk about is the topic. I, I guess that's kind of what I want to say, though. Is you listen to the passion in our voices, and you listen to the way in which we're remembering all this stuff so vividly, and like the excitement that we feel about it, and that's why it matters to us. That's why these things still excite us. They still they still trip our triggers in a good way. It's like, we still really enjoy it. And that's why, you know, here we are in our forties and we still love this shit. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it still has value to us. We, you know, it's not even about feeling younger. I don't even care if I feel younger. I mean, I can be 60, 70, 80 years old. And if I still like this stuff, you know, as long as it, as long as it puts a smile on my face and it makes my heart race a little faster and it puts a little spring in my step. And, you know, as long as it makes me feel good, I'm going to keep liking it forever. And, and, you know, that's I, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this podcast yeah. because it's still – I mean, me and you, we can talk for hours and hours and hours about this shit and it just never gets old. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's because it still matters. It, it just – it still matters to us because it excites us and it intrigues us and it gets us involved on a mental level mm-hmm. you know, and, and an emotional level. And not everybody gets it. So if you get it, that's – you know, we're doing this for you because, you know – we think you would be interested to hear what we have to say about it. We're a little older, a little more seasoned. We've been out there. We've seen a lot. Right. So if you're younger, you know, you can like get into some cool stuff you might not know about. Yeah. I think younger people have a little bit of a harder time kind of understanding why we like some of this older stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, well, I mean, back in the day when you only had like, you know, we had this many channels What like, 10 channels right there was no youtube and there was no internet and there wasn't you know so you were limited in like what you could what you could be into you know? right well that's what i was going to say about uh our time coming up in the 90s why it meant so much to us to be able to get these things to in the 80s and 90s it's like we really had to work nah. to get it so we were really appreciative of anything that we saw even if it wasn't that good we still thought it was kind of neat now everything is so accessible and i'm not criticizing digital distribution no. or anything like that. I mean, That's I think great. The, the I mean, are great, I, I went from having those 
fading in and out of black and white tracking problems to now I have all Dragon Ball on Blu-ray. But like, what a difference, man! Yeah, the, we can enjoy the quality of it now, but there was just something to be said about the 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 frontier aspect of it, right? You know, that untamed wild element of it. You know, it wasn't just we couldn't just sit at our computer and the undiscovered country, as David Warner would say, right? Because in Star Trek Six he was a Klingon, but in Star Trek Five he was he was a person, a human, human yeah. with like greasy hair, right? That's the same character, though, right? I mean, like between the two movies, he like turned into he turned a into a Klingon. There was right. a genetic accident, and a lot oh, of people right. don't know that. Oh, okay. This is in the novel. So is that is that Roddenberry canon? <laughs> it was in the novel. <laughs> <laughs> he crawled out of the Sarlacc and was a Klingon. <laughs> he carried Boba Fett out and left him on the side there. Because that's a thing. And then, yeah, and then his, you know, it, it like burned his forehead. Right, right, burned his forehead. That's how he in the, the shape Klingon of a Klingon. Right. You didn't know that. Uh, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Now I do. Mm-hmm. This means the two universes are connected too. So it's like right around. It was like well, that was right around when Roddenberry was dying. You know, he's probably like going a little crazy. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Well, did so did he make shit up or did he just reveal the secret that we weren't all supposed to know? I don't know. You'd have to ask his. Well, his wife's dead, too. I don't know. Well, fuck it. We know better than him anyway. Exactly. What the fuck did that guy ever do? Yeah. So we were talking about, um, oh, the ability for people to get this stuff now. It's, like, so much easier for them to get it now. But, like, there's just something to be said for, like, those all-nighters we'd pull, you know, watching anime and playing video games and recording stuff and, you know, going places and having to get it. It it was a really neat time, Mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, uh, it was, it would be like, uh, there was a, like, and we were too, like, by the time we met, we were already in our twenties. Yeah. Like way too old for sleepovers, but we did it anyway. Right. Well, we, we did kind of like a, not a sleepover. We did like a stay up over. No, I was, I stayed at your house a, a few times. You stayed at my house. We were like way too old for it. We were like, who cares? Right. Yeah, I guess so. I, Cause I, I guess. slept on your floor, your little tiny room surrounded That's by videotapes. Right. That's right. Yeah, it had, had like three walls, like all videotapes, like videotapes, all stacked yep. up of like. All I have no idea how I crammed all that shit into that little room. It was very creative, and they weren't and they weren't bootlegged. That's the weird thing. Like they were all store bought, like fully paid for. Mm-hmm. None of them were bootlegged. No, I didn't because I didn't tape anything. You never, yeah, you never no. bootlegged anything. I didn't want to take money out of the uh, creators' pockets. Yeah, so it was all like on the level, legit. But it was, was a lot. I, was, I still remember when you moved. And like a lot, that, lot yeah, but a lot of that stuff like went in the dumpster, and I was just like, oh my god, look oh, at all yeah. those videotapes, man! The whole dumpsters full of videotapes. That's insane, man. Because like by then, like DVDs had started coming around, right? Right. We had a lot of stuff on DVD. We were, like, well, yeah, up. it was just there was no reason to keep all those videotapes anymore. I didn't even have a video. It was just insane. Like the first time I saw your room, I was just like, oh my god. There's like some Gundam models, and then like three walls. Of yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. This guy really likes anime. So, video game soundtracks. What about them? Well, what? Okay, so let me ask you a a, a, a starting point question. Mm-hmm. What was the first time you ever played a video game and heard a song on it, and you were like, "This is cool. I want to listen to this Super outside Mario of the game." Super Mario Brothers. That far back, huh? Yeah. That was the first one. Um, it was. Um, it was my buddy, uh, my buddy Martin, that some of you may know, uh, Martin Alessi, EGM. He used to be one of the others, EGM, one of the review crew. 
um, I went to grade school with him and um, we, um, we discovered that we had a mutual love for Transformers. So we would always talk about Transformers and always, that was like, that was like our thing, man. We were like way into Transformers, like way too much. And then he got his Nintendo Entertainment System. He was the first one to get it. First person that I knew of to get it. And he got Super Mario. And I played that for the first time. And I was like, this is different than anything I've ever seen. I need to have this at my own house as soon as possible. So that would have been, uh, that would have been like 80, 87. Oh, wait. You're talking about the game or you're talking about the soundtrack? I'm talking about the soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. But right. I'm, I have to preface my story by telling you, you know, how I got in. You know, I, I knew Martin, grade school, eighth grade. It would be like 1987. But it was not only the game. That's where I'm going. It wasn't the game. It was the soundtrack, too. It was like I just I needed to have that. Like, games didn't have music back then. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like the sound effects of the game. The only game I remember having a soundtrack before. Pitfall the, 2. Pitfall sort of. 2. And yeah. actually, that was the game I was I was going to bring up was Pitfall 2. But go ahead. Finish your anecdote yeah. before but I tell you mine. I never had Pitfall 2. Like, I never owned it. I had a 2600, but I never had Pitfall 2. But, um, yeah. So, I went to his house, played Super Mario. I'm like, this is awesome. I had to, so, like, eighth grade graduation rolled around. And I spent all the money that I got for eighth grade graduation on my own nest. And, like, one of the first things I did was I had Super Mario um, and, like, regular Mario Brothers and I think Gradius were, like, my first three games. And I think, actually, Gradius was the first one that I took the tape recorder and put it next to the – because this is back in, like, you know, tube TVs with, like, one mono speaker. Mm -hmm. And I I had, like, this crappy tape deck that I would hold up to the speaker and I recorded the music so I could listen to it. And I would, like, bring the tape – like in the car, like my parents had, you know, the tape deck in the car, and I'd play it in the car, and they'd be like, oh, Jesus, man. Whatever. Weirdo. So what was it about Super Mario Brothers in particular that you really liked about it? Like Super Mario Brothers to no, the soundtrack. Day. The soundtrack is great. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's for me anyway, it's not the type of thing that I would listen to and I would get inspired by it. I would just be like, wow, this is a really impressive Well, because you never heard anything like it before. So it was like, this is completely new. This like This tune is like in my head. Mm-hmm. it's stuck it's like an earworm yeah so the and, only way to get rid of it is to listen to it like outside the game but if you like play the game you know the timer runs out and then you you know you get a reset so it's like if i just record this and loop it like i was doing editing even back then like <laughs> i would record it and then we had like the dual tape deck right and i would like loop it and so it would play like on youtube they do like the 10 hour versions right i was doing like the 60 minute version with cassette tapes with looping and stuff hmm. i was like a recording engineer it's actually pretty interesting was, that you were that intense about it. Oh, dude! Like it was. The, I mean, the, this this is where gaming FM started, man. In eighth grade, that's like where it started. I got that NES, and I was looping the songs and like Gradius. So like you would play the first level of Gradius, and like when you paused it, the music wouldn't keep going. So you had to put the tape deck up next to the speaker, and then you'd have to play the game, but not shoot anything, okay? Because if you shoot anything. You didn't hear sound. It. Yeah, right. It sound. right. There wasn't no, there wasn't a sound test in the original grade. Now, later on, they started putting in the sound test, and that was like my dream because it's like, oh, I can just play these all background sound. But back then, so you'd play first level, not shoot anything, and let the song loop loop a couple of times, and then pause it, finish the level, beat the boss, get to the second level, do the same thing, and then I had the whole Gradius soundtrack, like game rip out of the speaker uh-huh. from just playing it. The last level of Gradius is not easy. Especially when you're not shooting anything to record that. That's hard, man. But I did it so I could have that soundtrack. I don't know that I still have any of those tapes anymore. I have a few. I have some that Martin gave me, 
and I have uh, like I had I had this one that was like the infamous tape that everybody had to hear when they rode in my car was uh it had the Afterburner arcade soundtrack, uh, had the Outrun arcade soundtrack, and it had another game out you may have already have heard of it's called Ninja Warriors. Yeah, the Tomato Song. The oh, are you okay? I, yeah, I didn't know I was was still playing that tape when when yeah. Well, you weren't, but you started singing it one day, and I'm like. What tomato? Yeah, and you and you and you and Mark and everybody are laughing about it. And I'm like, "What the fuck are you guys on about?" <laughs> and then you're like, "Here, listen to this." And I recognize the song because yeah. I love the game. What's well, it like? Three screens. Yeah, wide. the three screen it's, game. It's very unique. Yeah, and and then I heard the tomato, and I'm like, "Oh, I get it now." And then every time you did it after that, I laughed. It's kind of like uh, the. <laughs> it's not hot. <laughs> Like the first time you did that, I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. And then you told me the whole story, and now like all I have to do is think of it, and I start laughing. Yeah, there it. was way too many like inside jokes. Should you should you tell them the story? What what story? The people listening don't know what you're talking about. Well, wait, are you talking about the it's not hot? Yeah, like they don't know the. Inside well, I wasn't joke. there. I, I'd you say, didn't know the inside joke, but now they don't know it. No, we should tell them someday. Oh, all right. Not right now. I, that's fine. Maybe in the next episode. Yeah, stay tuned. Well, since everybody in the in the galaxy and in the universe is listening to it, yeah. now you need to stay tuned for the next episode if you want to hear that it's not hot. Because there's only like a small handful of people that know that story. Right. So you if know? you tell the world, then it's not like it's not like our story. Well, anymore. the real reason I don't want to tell them is because then they'll all start laughing every time they think about it, and their attention needs to be on one thing: our voices. That's yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. So fuck you all. You don't get it's to know. Just, just you know what. Oh, did you catch that? Yeah. Okay. So um, for me, I wasn't as crazy about the editing of it as you were. I mean, I did have the, I did put the tape recorder next to it and record it and I listened. I did that with movies, strangely enough. Yeah. I did that with Raiders of the Lost Ark and an animated movie called Heavy Metal. Well, because you didn't always have access to the TV. Like, because you, like, back then you had, like, one TV in the house. So if your parents were watching, you know, fucking Murder, She Wrote, you had to, you had, you, could, you could only listen to it. Right. On your tape player. That's how you did it. I've right. done that a couple times. Yeah, I did, I did it with mostly movies. But for me, the, the first one was actually Pitfall 2. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily the soundtrack itself. I thought that the song did evoke the, the heroism of the character pretty well. Yeah. But the thing that I thought was kind of cool about it was like every time you grab the gold bar, like the music would pick up. <laughs> and I like that, that tonal shift. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I felt like I was watching a movie. Pretty advanced. Yeah. For back then. Yeah. I mean, I think that that might have been the only that, – was that the first game? Was that the first home game with the soundtrack? First one I remember. I yeah. mean, we could be wrong. There could be and like I, other I, weird, obscure shit. But. And there were other Atari games that didn't have a soundtrack after that. So like it was it was unique even for its time period as I recall. Right. But it was like the fact that it would change with the mood. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I grabbed the gold bar. I, I got rich. It's money. Now I'm heroic. It's, yeah. it's kind of cool, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I didn't play it like when it came out. I played it many years later, like after Nintendo and all that. I came back to it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, this is like, you know, I could still appreciate how advanced it was, even like in you know in advanced years." I was like, "Man, that's for that for that time. That's crazy." The other one for me was um, Gyrus in the arcades. Oh yeah, because you know it had that sort of like almost classical music yeah. sound to it. It was always really cool. Like anytime somebody, so were you? How were you able to record that? Or were oh, you, no, you I didn't record it. it. I just like I would play Gyrus more for the music. Okay, like the music kind of informed my gameplay. Like it was. That's probably- how I was with Afterburner. Like I love Afterburner is like one of my favorite soundtracks ever, man. And I the game itself is like just 
jet, you know, yeah. shoot some light. Don't but don't tell me you didn't fucking take chances playing that game because the music was like making you feel like an ace. Yeah, it's like that good. It's like because music didn't sound like that. Like very bassy, just very the synthesized sound, man. It was really good for its time. And it's like, like it's. It, when I heard the gyrus music, it made me feel like a fucking space ace. It made me feel like, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm rather than play it safe and skirt along the outside of these enemies, I'm going to bob and weave between their shots because this music's fucking cool and I'm a badass star pilot. Yeah, you know, look at me go. I can do this. Look and at then, me go. Die. No. But, you, you know. suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, now for real, you know. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> But someone, that was someone's someone yelling from the back of the room. <laughs> That's actually a quote from EGM that came from me. Oh yeah, um, Ken Williams. Right, Ken right. Williams. Was it like, well, like here's here. I'll set the stage. It's like everybody's sitting in their cubicles playing their games that are doing their their pages on or whatever. He would hear some dying. You would hear somebody or... like you know you could hear everybody playing different games in all the cubicles, and somebody would die. And it doesn't matter who it was or what game it was. You just hear or whatever sound, you know, and you just hear Ken. You suck. <laughs> what a guy. What a he guy. had no idea what was going on, but, you know, just added some flavor. But if you couldn't tell, emotion is what drove me to the soundtrack. Like, yeah. I would play the games based on the soundtrack. You yeah. know, like, if it was really intense soundtrack, I would be more reckless as I was playing, like, that sort of thing. It's like... That's kind of where it started for me was like Pitfall 2 and then Gyrus. There were other games that Pitfall, had... That's weird, man. Well, it's not weird. I'm not going to say it's weird. But I mean, it's, just, it's, it's like not what I would have guessed or expected. Oh, from me? Well, no, just in, like in general, from anybody. Like, like those are like relatively obscure. Like, what it was like, what got you started in video games? People would say like... Oh, they'd be like the, Mario, the, the mundane, yeah, the, mun, the mundane shit, like I just said, you know, like oh, everybody's heard of those, but like gyre, arcade version of Gyrus, that's good. I yeah, like well, that. I mean, it had a really distinct sound. It didn't sound like anything else at the time. I mean, it it had a it had a really driving beat to it, and yeah. it was just really intense. And I know the soundtrack. I should get it. I could probably find it somewhere. And I'm sure. It's and pay there. money for it uh, legally yeah. to own the officially produced the, yeah. uh, Konami uh, yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, I could buy it yeah. somewhere. I'm sure. Yes. Not not obtain it in any other fashion. No. Only purchase legitimately. No, <laughs> no certainly. Because not. we don't steal anything. No, I've never done. It. No. no, I wouldn't be your friend if you were a thief. Yeah, this is like criminal shit. Yeah. No, we're we're not criminals. Not interested. Right. We don't want to lose fans. We want to gain fans. Although right. everybody in that's ever lived ever, even like people that have died, like their souls, there are fans now too. Yeah, I know. The pages keep coming out of the dot matrix printer. I've been peeling off those paper circles for like half an hour. You better recycle those and make more pages because we're going to need them. <laughs> Feed them back in. Yeah, we're going to run out. That's or we a- we could just take them all and tape them horizontally to make new pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I got you know I got that box on the floor, right? Where it's all stacked and yeah, like all coming up. It's all know? folded, yeah, like yeah. gate folded and stacked. And it's those uh, the the alternating green and white stripes right. on the paper. But this is the quietest dot matrix printer ever because yeah. I can't hear it. Well, no, we just got really good headsets. Oh. We got, like, all state-of-the-art technology and shit. So it's, yeah, you don't got to worry about it. The fucking Star Trek shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you set this up. Mm-hmm. Nothing but the best. I don't mess around, dude. No, I know that about you. You don't mess around. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing you said to me. I was like, you're like Ronma. You're like, I don't mess around. Yeah. 
I know. I always say that because uh, it's true. Because, uh, like, dude, like back when I would like record that shit on the TV with my tape recorder, people would be like, "You should like start a radio station with all the stuff you've recorded." And I'm like, "I will," and I did. And they believed it. It happened. I believe it. It happened. I believe in you. Yeah. No homo. Because I. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, it went from uh, from Super Mario to, uh, yeah, it was like great. All the Konami stuff, anything by Konami. I, I like, I don't. Re- you won't catch many people saying that these days. No, God, no, God. We'll talk about that. Um, but like back then it was like anything Konami. I don't, I don't recall off the top of my head the names of the dudes who did the music. And I feel really bad for that. But I don't know. You know, Konami was doing stuff. Like nobody else was doing well, with game music, man. And actually, that's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things I was going to point out was the time that you told me, "Have you played Castlevania 3? I'm like, "Of course, I played Castlevania Three. It's fucking awesome." I'm like, no. Ha- have you played? Have you Castlevania Three? <laughs> have you played Castlevania Three? And I'm like, dude, yeah. You're like, well, play this version instead. Yeah. Yeah. And you gave me the Japanese cartridge to borrow, and I couldn't believe how different the music sounded. I mean, yeah, it's like mind blowing, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and that's. That's that's how I knew how in tune you were with game music when mm. you pointed that out to me because the untrained ear, I, you know, the untrained ear or the ear that doesn't care, I guess the uncaring ear, the apathetic ear isn't going to care about it. So yeah. they're not even going to register. But if you're listening at all, if you're paying any attention at all, if you're actually hearing the music, you can yeah. you can tell the difference. Yeah. Well, you just of, know, like you you if you listen to enough of it you begin to understand the technical aspects of it that like there's only a certain amount of channels of sound here that they have access to and then when the sound effects start playing you lose a channel and you know, you understand that okay there's like four and then when the sound effects kick in there's three mm-hmm. and you know you know how many there is and when you hear Castlevania 3 you know you know well not Castlevania it's Akamajin and Setsu in Japan but you know there's more going on here than is is allowed technically right and how are they doing this and what's going on you know and then you learn many years later that you know well they were putting in these these hardware chips that were making it making it sound better only konami which again can you believe that the company that they are now was once the company that put extra sound chips in to create a more robust soundtrack yeah the innovation back that back in that day to do what they did. And, like, they weren't content. Like, they made Castlevania three, a couple other ones with this chip, and they were like, we can do better. Yeah. And then they made, like, LaGrange Point and all these other ones that sound exactly like Genesis. And then, and then they kept going, we can do better, and we can do better, and they we can do better. We can go pachinko. Yeah. Best. Mm-hmm. Best ever. Gambling. It doesn't get any better than pachinko and gambling. Yeah. I know when I go down to the boat, I want to pull a slot machine that's Contra-themed. I want to do uh, that. Um, I want to do the erotic violence Castlevania mm-hmm. Pachinko. Yeah, or even better, the uh, Silent Hill one, dude. I'll take that over. You know, a, a, a Gradius. You know, they they did Gradius Five. Fuck Gradius Six, man. Pachinko. Uh, Gradius the Pachinko. Right. That's all. That's in my mind. That's where the money is. Well. I would rather play a big boss pachinko than a finished version of Metal Gear Solid Five <laughs> any day of the week. That's I mean I don't don't even why'd you even start Metal Gear Solid Five? Don't even start it. Just make a fucking series of pachinko games. In fact, just 
give me a wall of pachinko games where each one is themed after a different mission. Right. I'll just do that. And then just play them all in order. Just, right. just go down the wall that they're on. And I'll make up my on own. The, s- on the boat. And I'll make up my own story yeah. for it. And that'll be better that's, than a finished Metal Gear Solid hey man, that's using your imagination, which oh. is better than any gameplay experience, man. Right, exactly. Who needs Kojima? Mm-mm. I got myself. Yeah. Myself and my slot machine. Right, my, my pachinko machine. Mm-hmm. Hit the lever! <laughs> Wait, which one was that? That, that was, was the Silent Hill. Silent one. Hill, yeah. Because like, you know, when I think of Silent Hill, I think of fucking obnoxious explosions, hit the lever, loud, <laughs> loud music, and fucking cascading gold coins, and hit the lever. Yeah, that's about as bad as that new Star Trek trailer, man. Because when I think of Star Trek, you know, the Beastie Boys and motorcycle jumps right. immediately come to mind. Exactly. So, yeah, Konami's, yeah, they're innovators, man. Man. And, and so were the Star Trek people. They were. Yeah. They, all of them were. Mm-hmm. I don't need finished products. No. Fuck that. Getting back to um, game music. Wasn't that what we were talking about? Yeah, we were talking what about What did we used music. to do? We used to do a, a radio station, right? Yeah. We used to, it was something. Game. I don't know. It was like a thing where like we... I think like five songs were all that ever got played. <laughs> well, back when it started, which would have been... 90, late 90s, yeah, 98, 99, uh, was Rad Radio. Yep, that was when you were just doing it. Was it was like 10 songs, to like 20. I got up to like 30, and it was running it off my cable modem so I could support like five listeners. But those listener slots were full. That's what was messed up about it. That's what made me like realize that maybe this could become more than like the sum of its parts. You know the cool thing about that? You're like, holy shit, there are other people out there that like this. Yeah, I mean, I just did it because I discovered the technology. It's called Shoutcast. It's by the Winamp people. I don't know if it's still around or not. Maybe it is. But, um, and it's like, oh, you can like run your own radio station. This is so weird. I should do that. Mm-hmm. I, should, I should, like, I have a whole bunch of game music. I should, like, just, you know, put it out there. You know, and I was in my 20s. I didn't know anything or care or anything about legality of, you know, I don't, who cares? it out there no one's gonna discover it or know about it anyway and then i put it out there and it's like these five listener slots that i could support my cable modem and they're like they're all full it's like what what's going on and then i was getting like emails do you have like this soundtrack i was like what the what (laughs) so i was like maybe we could like do it more so it's like i had rad's basement which was my blog and then like i enjoyed that blog it had one it's still like around but it's like way different form than it used to be but back then it was like much simpler but i had like one page on the blog called Red Radio. And then, like, that turned into its own website, like an offshoot. Like, I had my blog, then I had Red Radio, so then I had two websites. And then I was like, this is, like, getting crazy. We should, like, I started talking to Mark and, and Daniel. Uh, Mark is Duckhead, Daniel is Olaf. If you've listened to Gaming FM, you know these people. And um, then eventually it was like us three, but then eventually it was it was you and and Philip. I think I was the last one to get brought in. Were right? you the last? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember the order. I know it was like us three, and then I was like, well, we, Scott was the last one to get brought well, in. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I remember that um, vaguely. It's like a blur, man. But uh, yeah, and then it turned into it was it was still Rad Radio, right? When we 
when you guys came on, it was still Rad Radio. Like, we yeah, were all doing Rad Radio. We I don't like, remember should... whether it was Rad Radio or Gaming FM. I don't remember. Yeah, you know, no, I remember us changing it to Gaming FM. Yeah. And it was like, because you guys got all fucking jealous because you were like, why should your name be on it, dick? I wasn't jealous. No. <laughs> I was your biggest fan. Uh, well, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think we all kind of mutually just said, you know, we should turn it into like a, like a, ident- like a identifiable gaming something. Right. And then we put uh, Gamecast was the first name that came up. It was Gamecast. And then we, uh, Mark's like, well, I'll check the, you know, see if the URL's around. And it wasn't. And he's like, some fucking asshole has that. <laughs> like, jerk. And they weren't even doing nothing with it. Nope. It was just like. One of those. A lot of domains are like that, though. People just buy them and they sit <laughs> on them. Gaming FM is like that. <laughs> it's just like, well, I mean, it's probably being used for something. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, no, it's just some dude sitting on it, I think. Like yeah. somebody snatched. People do that a lot, though. They're like, somebody, like, let's set a domain expire. I'm going to snatch that up. Maybe they had really, like, long, maybe they had a good long vision and they knew that something would happen someday. With yeah. It. Weird that, like, someday they're going to start a podcast and be like, we want that back. I'm gonna yeah. charge him hundred thousand bucks for it. It, uh, it was Gamecast, and then we're like, "Well, what about?" Um, I don't know who. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint like who's the person that said, "What about gaming FM?" You know, we we're like, "All right, let's look at." It. And it was available. So Mountain climbing accessories. Sn- <laughs> <laughs> this is all inside stuff, guys, and it's all honestly, it's all meant in the in the. Most fun of spirit and brotherhood. I don't mean anything malicious by it. Because yeah, God knows people could say the same shit about me and worse. Oh, yeah. yeah believe me. Um, about you only, though. Right. Only me. Not, not me. Not you. I, uh, I'm i cool. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm cool, too. But I have a troubled and murky past. Well. Like Darth Vader. Right. I'll finish what you started. Right. So. Um, so Gaming FM, how long? Um, God, I don't know. Three years? Four years? Three? Was it three years? Let's see. Was I involved with it when I was living in Lockport? I don't know when that was. I don't follow your life. I know I was involved when I was living in Naperville. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I was involved when I was living in Lockport. I just don't remember. I remember when you moved to Naperville. Yeah. And there was like 10,000 people. It looked like Gen Con. That was a great move, man. <laughs> it was so easy. Went and saw a movie that night. <laughs> I didn't even bother setting up the apartment. He just well, I just remember it was like there's like ten thousand people where we pull up and Mark's like, Oh, it looks like fucking Gen Con. And then uh it was like me and me and you and Danyan and Mark were moving everything. Everett came over and ate donuts. And then like everybody else was just like, Oh, what's up? Like everybody was like hanging out and congregating. We're just like, Yeah, this is fucking great. No, I remember Everett, it was still I mean it was still fun, but it was just like no, Everett came over and ate donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Everett? They don't. They don't know who that is. Uh, well, they don't need to know. Oh, all right. It's a need to know baseness. All right. You know. You know what it is. It's Nunya. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that move. That move was crazy. There's so many people. Um, it it does nothing to get us to the answer to our question. Right. How long did gaming ever? There are people out there, like fans, who probably do know. If you know, tell us when we went off the air. Yes. T- tell us how long we ran and when we went off the air. Like, so I know there's a dude that knows the date. It might be, uh, and I should do this. I should do a, a plug right now for uh, Gaming FM Reborn. That's a good idea. If okay. you haven't checked them out, check them out. GamingFMReborn.com. Um, dude that runs this really cool guy named John Broderick. 
he he messaged me and he was like he had nothing but great things to say about gaming fm and he's doing a really cool job maybe we'll even bring him on the podcast sometime I, and talk to him that'd be cool yeah. yeah we'll figure out how skype works and we'll uh yeah we'll talk to him that'd be cool but uh yeah check that out it's uh he's doing really good stuff over there but uh but he might know I could ask him. He might know. I don't know. But uh, we, yeah, I want to say it was like three, three close to four years. And then, um, and oh man, what, some, what great times, man. You know, those are some of my fondest memories yeah. of, of our past is yeah. like getting together every week. Every Friday. Every Friday. And God bless Mark for opening his home. Mm-hmm. Every, and God bless his wife. For putting up with us. For, for opening up her home to the likes of us. Every Friday, yep. to do that, to do that damn website and 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 make it what it was, and it was great. And um, no one else has done it that good since I've looked, and nobody else has done it. Like Gaming of Reborn, he's come the closest. He's I like what he's doing there. I but. think that I think that now a lot of people are just they want the music. No, not just like YouTube. Like you can just go on YouTube and listen to a lot right. of stuff and. But you know, and but there's I, no one central place that was laid out the way ours was laid out. I get the on-demand aspect of it is desirable to people. Like if I want to listen to Zone of the Ender soundtrack, I can just go to YouTube and type Zone of the Ender soundtrack. But there was just something special about the way that we did it. We did it like a radio station. Yeah, and it was a really neat thing. It was and it just really it, cool. it got too big for its britches because I remember by the end, like because you they had we had the request system, and like you could request a song you wanted to hear. And by the end, man, it was like a like a 24 hour queue because there's like so many people were making requests. We're like, we got to overhaul. That's what kind of led to the end of it because we were like, we got to overhaul this request system. It's getting out of hand where there's like so many listeners and so many requests. It's like a 24 hour long queue. If you like said, I want to listen to this track and you hit request, there's 24 hours. You come back the next day and you hear your song. It was like, it was it's like the system becomes pointless. Right. So we're like, we need to overhaul this and we need to do like, we're going to redesign. We're going to do all that. They had like all these aspirations. And it just got like overwhelming. It was just like, oh man, we're never gonna finish this. Well, I wasn't there at the very end of it. Yeah. I'd I'd moved on by that point. Yeah. And um uh I don't know I don't know all the all the details of like, you know, what ended up happening. I wouldn't call it a collapse. It just seems to me like it was more of like a mutual decision. Yeah, no, like it, not do it anymore. I would say it wasn't even a decision. It was just sort of a It sort of happened. It's just not do it anymore. Oh, okay. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> which is sad i mean for, for the, that this is why i'm glad we're doing this because that that legacy is not worthy of what we accomplished back then like i'm glad that we're doing this and we're sort of bringing back the spirit of what we did back then because it was a great thing now we're not i'm not gonna spend the rest of this podcast stroking our cocks at how great gaming fm was i but it, it's just good memories man these good memories, and and we met a lot of cool people. We, and it was fun to bring something to the internet. It was fun to bring something to people that yeah, they were enthusiastic fun. about. Yeah, and and like all the editorials, like there you and and Dilla wrote some wonderful editorials. Man, yeah. there was a lot of good stuff. I was just looking at it today, man. Doing like my research and figuring out like you know when did we? That's what I couldn't figure and out. There like, were some pretty good conversations that came out of that. Like the users started getting involved yeah. in those talks. It was really cool to see. Me spurring and Dillip spurring conversations. And that, I guess that's the other side of it, right? Like, we can be fans of things like Dragon Ball and fans of Star Wars and stuff like that, but it's cool to be on the other side of it. It's cool to be the ones initiating that yeah. that excitement yeah. and to see other people 
get interested in it yeah and get get geeked about it that was my favorite part well i had two favorite parts my favorite my two favorite part i mean just going and bsing around with you guys every friday but also the people like the forums man there's like the friendliest forums i had ever been on yeah there's like such a good community and then we had dudes like like droob and like pyroflame and like all these people who are just like we got we got to find some of those guys and bring them on sometime too oh for sure droob's yeah droob's gonna be on yeah droob's a stand-up guy yeah Nothing bad to say about him. No. Except oh, that man. he's not us. Well, not everyone can be. No, not everyone can be. It's 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 a hard it's a hard life. Uh, it's a hard it's, life for them you know, to try to live up to us. Yeah. Because they can't do it. You can I mean just listen to this podcast. Don't I mean, even try. Yeah, forget it. There's no point. Um but it, <laughs> it's true. But uh yeah. Yeah, Droob's got yeah, we got we'll talk to Drew. We'll talk to Gaming FM Reborn and we'll we'll really hash out some good good game soundtrack conversations with them guys, man, because they're they're just as into it as we were. Yeah, because I would like to hear like what are their like what are their favorite soundtracks and what are their favorite memories of the site? Like yeah. it'd be kind of neat, you know, I, I don't want this to be like a um an old folks home for gaming FM, but right. let's face it, that's kind of where this all starts from. And it'll be neat to have a few people on that we recall as, you know, VIPs of the site or yeah. people that it's affected the most, you mm-hmm. know. But that that's all that's all gonna be done. That's coming. Life. Stay tuned. Yeah. Or we don't. know you will no, there's no don't because we know they will. Yeah. Because I mean you'd have to be fucking crazy person to not stay tuned. Mm-hmm. But But now, um, Looking back on it, looking back at those pages on the Wayback Machine, which is why I say we got to figure out how to get those archives out so we can actually view them on the web again and people could read those old articles. Man, there's some great stuff. You remember uh, when they first did the um, the, the Spike Video Game Awards? You remember that? And Dillip wrote that wonderful piece didn't about he, the uh, making of it. I can't, didn't he, like, take it apart? Yeah, and it was like uh, he had a piece of uh, – like a coffee-stained piece of notebook paper that That's he scanned right. with all the, like, you know, here's the outline of how the show is going to be. and Oh, man, it was fantastic. Think about this. There were a few people criticizing it back then, but there weren't a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Like, there were some people criticizing Dillip. Like, if you look at what he wrote in that article, like, a lot of it has really held up. Yeah. So, like, it's – because they were making – video game awards were making those same mistakes for years and years and years and years. Yeah. So it's cool to see him like have the foresight to attack it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, back then I think people were just like, "Oh, this is a new thing." Like nobody was really going after it. They were just like, "Oh, you know, they're doing stuff with video games. They made they made an award show. You know, that's a that's a thing. That's a big deal. That makes games like more mainstream, and we're more accepted now. We're not nerds anymore." But you know, I think we all sitting around on friday saw right through that and we're like this is horseshit yeah well i'll i'll be honest i i'm not gonna say i enjoyed the spike video game awards because i didn't but it was cool to see the medium that we love represented in a place other than the places where we expected it yeah you know but not not spike isn't anything special i mean they're not that great of a network but it was still cool to see it somewhere it's just kind of like why why i enjoyed g4 even though i know a lot of it was really bad mm-hmm is just because this is kind of cool. I can turn this on and I can see things represented that I enjoy. But I would be lying and badly if I said that it was good. Like a lot of it wasn't good. Yeah. You know, um but there there's that irrational part of me that just liked seeing it presented to me in a whole new way. Like this is neat. This could be something really cool. Yeah. 
if they fixed like 90% of it. Right. I would say I would say the perception of video games as presented by things like the Spike Video Game Awards and the early days of G4, I would say that the presentations those things did a lot to damage the image of video game players, like the market more than help yeah. because it portrayed us all as a very like weird clickish group and while we while we are kind of weird on the inside and we can be weird around each other like a lot of us we just we're just normal people on the outside and we don't we don't really um we're not really overbearing with it to people that don't like it we're mm-hmm. just like everybody else you know we work or we you know we're parents or you know we have our daily activities you know we mow the grass just like everybody else you know it's not like <laughs> Like if you're watching uh, G4, like they should, I can imagine just one of the commercials being like, you know, how people mow the lawn, and it'd be like, you know, the 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 mailman, how he mows his lawn, just like a guy, you know, just a normal guy, you know, like how the bartender mows his lawn, like how the gamer mows his lawn, and he's got like a fucking Mario shirt, and he's got like a fucking crazy hat, and like you know, red shorts with an orange stripe down the sides, mm. and you know, he's fucking wearing knee high socks, and you know suspenders like the mork and mindy suspenders like you know he's a crazy guy and it'd be like g4 we're different you know it's like it's just you know yeah it's my problem with the big bang theory we've talked about it before oh sure the nerds became the butt like if you watch that show the nerds are the butt of the joke right you know but it didn't start that way though no it didn't start that was great at the start yeah it just when it became a relationship yeah yeah yeah, it celebrated nerd geekiness kind of stuff Kind of stuff we're into, and then it became like the girlfriends came in, and yeah, eh. like the the neurotic the neurotic stuff that the characters did was like a part of the humor, but it was also a part of the charm. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, now I can't even time to grow up. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't, you can't watch an episode of the show now without Sheldon showing off what an asshole he is about his hobbies. Mm. You know, it's like it wasn't. It wasn't always like that. I mean, he was always meant to be sort of the annoying foil character, but back then it was okay because it wasn't like necessary. Like Sheldon was the thing that was in the bad light, not necessarily the things he likes. Like now you watch that stuff and it's just like, you know, anytime that they bring up the things that they enjoy, it becomes the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. And that that's, I think that, that that's what G4 was like. I mean, it wasn't intentional, but they really were making it the butt of the joke yeah. in a lot of cases. So a little frustrating. Yeah. Like what was it? The show you pointed out to me is like you know it comes on. It's like, hey guys, welcome to the gaming show. <laughs> it was just like everything that was on that station was just like, you know, dude, check this out. Yeah, like, I can. You can just talk to me like this, like this tone, right? Like, um, check this game out. You know, you don't have to be like, you guys need to check this out. Like, like I can understand. I don't like. Why do they have to talk to us? It's a really awesome game. Yeah. And if you keep watching, we're going to give you some exciting hints. Yeah. And the graphics are just oh man, dude. Yeah. Just like assign it a number, and you know, going to show you how to run up your high score. Uh, what was the quote from that Penny Arcade cartoon? Like I'm totally stoked in a completely <laughs> rehearsed way. <laughs> Something like that, but you get the point. It was just like, dude, why? And uh, what really made me mad about the Spike Game Awards was when they got to the soundtrack category. 
Do you remember that? How infuriated oh. we well, were? Well, yeah, wasn't it like, and the best soundtrack goes to Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto for some song that's just on the radio. Yeah, like don't, don't give any credit to any game composers who work hard and make soundtracks specifically for the game. Give okay. it to us. What? On, on a technical level. Horseshit. I guess, I guess officially the Grand Theft Auto Vice City soundtrack is a game soundtrack. But like recognize legitimate game scores. That's what needed to happen. Or two different. Or yeah, you have here's the moat. Here is the best soundtrack, original to a game. And here's the best Best soundtrack, not original. Yeah, derived from other musical sources or something like that. You could do that, but don't just like say, okay, here are the nominees: Grand Theft Auto, this song by some rapper, probably. I don't know. And then. I could just imagine, like, the. I don't even know if Van Halen was on that soundtrack, but, like, I can remember the. Imagine the members of Van Halen or Guns N' Roses being, we make video game music? <laughs> exactly. Cool. Hey, another award. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, then they're, then they're like, uh, yeah, or like, um, fuck, what's the. Um, Burnout Paradise. The opening of Burnout Paradise, that driving game. I love that game. Man. Yeah. But the, oh, the opening is Guns N' Roses, and it's like, they, you shouldn't win an award for that. You know, it's yeah, a, no, it's just it shouldn't be given an award. For give that. an award to Harry Gregson Williams for his original score to Metal Gear Solid Three, right? You know, that's like who deserves an award? Or you know, Nobuo Ematsu, or God, we could go on and on. You know, for yeah, for Final Fantasy, Yuzo Koshiro, whatever the case may yeah. be. You know, like we could we could name names. Yeah, but the point is like, yeah. So anyway, but that <sighs> that's the part I hated about it. Like I, I'm like everything else I could just ignore. That's stupid, but that that's why that's why I think gaming FM was needed. Yeah, that's not just not to legitimize just... it. Holy crap! I talked to, um, I sent an e- when we were doing gaming FM. I sent an email to Tommy Tellerico, and I was like, "Here's what we're doing. You know, we're just trying to like legitimize. You know, make guys like you recognize and blah blah blah." And he sent me like a, a really long reply, and he was like, "So he's like, oh dude, this is like exactly what." The industry needs and blah blah blah, and I was like so happy. I'm like it's so cool that like he gets what we're doing, man. It's yeah. it's really neat. And he like offered us a bunch of his music, man. He is like the nicest guy, dude. Like all the composers were like that. There was like no like just so humble, all of them, man. And like you're fucking, you know, you're you're that guy. You did Earthworm Jim and Earthworm Jim Two and in Maximo and all the man and. and uh, it's like he was just so nice. Well, I think what it comes down to is that those guys are musicians. Yeah. They're musical artists just like anybody else. And they just, you know, clearly the first reason they do it for is they do it for the love. They mm-hmm. do it because they enjoy creating the music. But it's it got to be validating to see people come up and say, yes, you know, we recognize you as artists. Mm-hmm. You're not just making something for a toy. Yeah. That kids will play, you know. We recognize your contribution. It takes no less effort to compose the music for a good video game than it does to compose the music for anything else, you know, for a movie, a movie score, or, or anything. Or anything. Yeah, it, totally. It, it, you still have to create the melodies. You still have to write your hooks. You still have to compose the music, and you still have to put it all together. It, yeah. you have to, it has to become something that people want to listen to. It has to become something that complements whatever it's going to be associated with. Mm. Because making a soundtrack isn't just about making music. It's about making music that fits. Setting a mood. S- setting setting a, mood. a tone. Right. Setting, making, you know. Like, uh, they, 
that's kind of the problem. I guess that gets into another issue that's going on now is that game soundtracks now, some of them anyway, are like more of a like ambient, like mood setting and mood. You know, it's like back in the day, the early days, and even up to like I'd say up through like PS3, PS2, PS2, we'll say. That there was like always a melody and always like, oh, that song's from that game and that's for now it's more of like would you agree? That oh. it's more of like am like it's getting more toward like movie soundtrack and ambient and melodies are kinda like less oh, I, prevalent I, in the I'd, in the music. I'd completely agree with you in that respect. Um I, I would say that music in games now isn't as distinct as it used to be. Uh, so I'm like I'm not into it as much it as doesn't it really, used to be. It doesn't really get me any more stoked like that feeling when I first played Gyrus? Yeah, there are very few video games that I. That That's what I, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, like there are a couple. Um, you know, the Devil May Cry games, the soundtracks get me going. Um, the the newer one, the reboot, right? That's your favorite one, I know, right? Oh, oh, DMC. Oh, yeah, I, I love that the fucking emo Dante. Oh, yeah. he's Dante, as he's called. <laughs> That's what they call them. I, yeah, I know you like. But like, that one yeah, uh, it's 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 so good. I play without pants on when I play that I, game. I don't blame you. I play one-handed. Thanks, Capcom. <laughs> Thank, Capcom. Come on, yet a, yet another game where you're trying to replace the character that we all like with somebody else. Yeah. Oh, here's Street Fighter Four. Abel's the main character, what? even though you like Ryu. What? You know, Abel's fine, but yeah, he's you not know. Ryu. It's, Ryu is the signature. Guile's my favorite. He's my guy. You know that. Yeah. Guile, Guy. You know me. I like the off. I like the side characters, but Street Fighter belongs to Ryu. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You know. So. It's my boy. Yeah. But you know, that's a whole. That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. We're talking about game music right now. We're talking about you know why we love it so much and why we felt the need for it. And, but you know, I, you know, yeah, the stuff now I'm, I'm not into as much, you know. And that's not to say I don't like game music anymore. Well, I there's just, nothing I that pops. I prefer the older stuff. There's nothing that pops now. Because like, I'm old. That's why. Well, I anybody mean, old says that. I like their older stuff. I mean, you know, but that's that's an interesting argument to make, though, is like, you know, well, you're old and that's why you like it. But but we like it because of the immortal quality that it possesses. Yeah. I'm not even going to call it timeless. It's going to be immortal. Like, if you hear the Super Mario theme, no matter how you hear it, no matter what arrangement you hear it, you know what it is. Yeah. You know. I would argue that's probably one of the most popular pieces of music in existence. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with that. It's got to be because you hear it and you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Or the Legend of Zelda, yeah. you know, the Hyrule theme. Mm-hmm. You know, you recognize that. Um, but like people on the street, I mean, even right. No, it's like, it's transcended. It's it's transcended its hobby for sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely gone beyond. So there's nothing that's in video game music right now that is even like coming close to touching that. Mm-hmm. You know, even even stuff in the last ten years, like um, the ending theme to God Hand, for example, is a fucking hysterical song. <laughs> As unique and as hysterical and as funny as it is, it didn't really rise above its niche. Of course, God Hand might not be a good example because it was already a niche title. It was already a niche title. So maybe that's a bad example. But, you know, there. I would even say Halo. Mm-hmm. The music's good. Yeah. But outside of Halo fans, does anybody really know it? I don't know. You know, maybe they do. I don't know. But, like. I wouldn't bet on it. 
I wouldn't think so. Right. I mean, I like it. I I never got into the game. I don't think it's a great game. But Nintendo but is also... I love that soundtrack. I mean, and the thing you could say is, well, Nintendo is Nintendo. But yeah, but back then, Nintendo wasn't Nintendo. Nintendo right. was just a company. Yeah. You know, they were just a company doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know... There are just certain things, you know, the, or we, we let's not even talk about Nintendo. Let's talk about Castlevania. Let's talk about Vampire Killer. You know, yeah. that song. Um, the Castlevania music is all very distinct to me. Like mm-hmm. all the classic tracks, you know, they yeah, stand my out. Kid, my kid knows that. Like a three-year-old kid. He yeah. knows Castlevania. I put it on the radio in the car from the, the NES, the NES soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I put it on the car, just fired up on YouTube. And uh, Castlevania, she knows. But I'll give you an example of a series that, should have very good music, but for some reason it's all utterly forgettable as Resident Evil. Mm. There are a number of tracks that are memorable, like the save room music in Resident Evil 2 or the save room music in Resident Evil Run. But they uh, fit the the moment happening on right, screen. Exactly. Whereas a lot of the other stuff is just music that they're playing when you're walking around. I will say that the police station music from Resident Evil 2 also is one that sticks out. Like, if I hear that, I know it's You know exactly. it's from, yeah. Yeah, but if that's a series to me that should be continually recalling its musical roots. And that's, I think, something that Mario games did really well. Even if the music in the successive games wasn't the same exact composition, it recalled its musical roots very well. Well, that's what would always get me about, like, older sound, like, even NES soundtracks, like Gradius came out, you know, and I you know, had the recordings, I had the tapes. And then, uh, like, Gradius 2 came out. It only came out in Japan. Had to get it on Famicom. But when you heard the soundtrack, like, some of the tracks on there were from Gradius 1. And it's like, holy crap, I love this track. Mm-hmm. And it's like a redone, better-sounding yep. version of it. Uh, Castlevania 3 did the same thing. Yep. They had the, the track called Deja Vu, which was Vampire Killer, mm-hmm. redone with the uh, VRC6 chip. And it's just like, holy crap, man. I would love when they would redo like the old the old they, music from before. Make did it they sound do that better. with the? Did they do with that the opening Richter scene from uh, Symphony of the Night? Was that pulled from Rondo or not? I can't remember now. Um, I remember well, it's a okay, fucking it, outstanding it's, track. It's an outstanding track, and it's like the ver- well, okay, the version of the music that plays in the original Rondo is not generated from the CD. It's generated internally in the turbo, so right. it's like real like eight bitty sounding music. So it could be the same track, but it sounds so vastly different from the eight bit that it's hard to tell right. whether that's the same track or not. I would probably just go as far as to say it's not, yeah. which is good. It's mm-hmm. that's in this one case, it's a good thing because. But then when he gets to Dracula and starts fighting Dracula, that's the same music. Mm-hmm. That's well redone, a redone version of that music. Yeah, but right. it's it's when he's going up the stairs. I think it's just a new track because they're like this sound this like turbographic sounds so shitty that we'll replace it. And and musical cues are really important. It's one of the things I really like about soundtracks in general, not just game soundtracks, but soundtracks in general, like musical cues. Like, yeah. you know, if you're watching the Superman movie with Christopher Reeve, when you hear the famous music, it's a cue. It's telling you that it's time for you to it's time for you to start grinding the gears inside of you for this particular emotion because we're about to do something that's gonna make you feel that way. Yeah. Um it's one of the things that drives me crazy about Duel of the Fates, the prequel trilogy. Because, like, when I first heard Duel of the Fates and I saw it in the movie, I associated it with the desperate struggle with Darth Maul. Yeah. Like, okay, that's – this music means that. Right. And it's like they just found any excuse they could to shoehorn it in after that. Right. And, like, there's a scene in episode two where, like, they're using Duel of the Fates while Anakin is – 
flying around the deserts of Tatooine on the speeder bike interrogating Jawas. And I'm like, what does this have to do with like what is this, what does this have to do with a fateful duel? What does this have to do with like an important moment in the history of the galaxy? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with that. You know, if I would argue that episode two, the important aspect of that is when he finds his mother. Yeah. And I don't want to really wax too philosophical or I don't really want to go into an intellectual discourse on episode two. But like the point is that's the important part because that's supposedly the thing that begins his descent to the dark side. So like there should be some music associated with that that is specific to that scene. And then every time after that, whenever Anakin starts to revert to the dark side, they need to replay that. Like think about it with Han and Leia. Like whenever their music plays, you recognize their music. So when you hear that romantic theme, you know that it's recalling that. And I I think games did that very well for a very, very long time. When in Street Fighter, when you beat the game with Ryu, you hear music that you associate with his theme. Yeah. You know, like it might not be his theme, but you associate it with theme. It's like it it just it, it It evokes a memory. It evokes a memory and it's very specific. And you're never surprised to hear them revisit that music another way when it's a similar situation. Yeah. Game music used to do that so well. And we talked about that before, how we were like pissed off that like Street Fighter Four didn't give the characters their theme songs. Yeah, you you only get it in versus mode, and yeah. I'm, I don't understand why they wouldn't give you the option to just play with play and you get their music when you when everybody you... not having their own stage and their own theme playing in that stage was a mistake. Oh yeah, that's, I'd agree. Yeah, I, I I personally I think that that's a big problem with um. That's a big problem with three and four. Yeah. Now I'm not going to case on three's gameplay because three's gameplay is pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, four's is okay, but um, I don't feel like the characters have got any identity. I feel like aesthetics went to the wayside, mm-hmm. and I would even say with Alpha Three, although I think the backgrounds in Alpha Three fit most of the characters decently. Mm. Not great, but Alpha Two, I think the backgrounds are fantastic. Yeah. I think they're awesome. Like Alpha 2 was the last Street Fighter game that I played where I was like, okay, this has got gameplay and it's got that aesthetic and it's got the music too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think of the music for those for those stages. And Plus I had the grass. Yeah. That, with, the well, wind, with the wind blowing. Best, best stage. Secret, best secret stage ever. Yeah. Was yeah. it a secret? Uh, well, it wasn't secret. I think it was if you played Ryu and you fought Sagat at the end. Remember the most fun we had was in... I think it was Alpha, Alpha One playing Ryu and Ken versus Ryu and Ken together versus Bison. It's fucking. Or gr- if you're in Japan, Vega, Vega. right, right. Dick, uh, Dick, Cape, Dictator. What do they call him? I, the, I think uh, it's Dictator. The bu- the evil bus driver. Right, evil Ralph Cramden. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Dictator. And Whatever think, you want to call him. I think Balrog. You fight Ryu and Ken versus that guy. Yeah, and the Balrog Vega Claw. You know which one? Well, that's for 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 the for the Spanish ninja. I think like really? they, I think they refer to him as like well in Japanese Balrog. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then I think also to like avoid confusion, I think in the tournament scene they call him Claw. I never heard that. Well, I mean it's it's just it's a nickname that the players gave him. Yeah, you I know, so, I'm out of, I'm out well, of touch. Be, too old. Be, because some people want to call him Balrog, some people want to call him Vega. Just like some people. So they're want just to, like Claw, dude. I think it's just Claw, and I think they call M Bison Dictator. So that there's no confusion about what character you're referring That's to. That's interesting. I've never heard that. Yeah. I, I don't they follow even, the tournaments. They even have one for, for for Balrog slash Mike Bison. I think they might call him Boxer. I don't know. Some some evil player will probably call me on that. But yeah. Let us even, know. If you know, tell us what, where yeah. we're wrong. 
And I still won't give a fuck. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. We it, you're going to listen anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether we're wrong or not. We could just spew a bunch of bullshit that's not true. No. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters except the sound of our voices. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Only the sound of our voices. But yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's one of the things I like about game soundtracks the most is the way in which... I mean, obviously, a soundtrack, like we said before, it has to evoke a certain mood. It has to evoke a certain feeling. It needs to remind you of the product that you're experiencing. And the and a lot of the older stuff did that very well. And You know who did it really well? Was uh, Metroid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Metroid is real good at, like... This area when this sound oh man it just like evoked such a such a mood man such a tone like it's spooky in a lot of ways you know even the old NES one Hip Tanaka man that ending theme of original Metroid Hip Tanaka oh my god that ending theme yeah man it'll knock you over it's so good yeah and, believe and, it. and that I guess that's the point that that's what we were but you get down into like the second level of Norfare and that music that just. Uh, Mm-hmm. And really like really creepy. It's like, oh man, where am I now? This is this is scary as hell. And, and but then Super Metroid with like the this the the more ambient, but still very like, you know, you knew exactly what area you were in and what the the tone of that area was. Man, just, just like think of the tools that they had at their disposal to make those soundtracks and what they were able to pull off with like just a few channels of sound and having to use like massive levels of compression to make it sound anything like what they wanted it to sound like. And yet they still pulled off like these, just this very mood, mood provoking soundtracks. Like, wow, man, that's something. But Metroid did that really well. And I think that's kind of maybe the last thing to bring up when it comes to talking about video game soundtracks is like why I appreciate them so much. And I think why you appreciate them so much is it's like, you have this product come out and you're playing this game and the developers care enough to make it about more than just the hand-eye coordination, to make it about more than just the experience of playing the game. They want to connect you to something not only on a physical level, but an emotional level. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the Nintendo nostalgia love is based on that nostalgia aspect well, the games are all still hold up very well, which is another nice thing. The old games all hold up great, but you know, even if except you never... for Deadly Towers, <laughs> it doesn't hold up. Not at all. It didn't even hold up on day one. No, man. man. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I have it, right? Well, I know you reviewed it, didn't you? No, I I own it. I own Deadly Towers just because it's like the worst game ever. I'm uh, just like I should just own it just for the hell of it. So I can like revisit it and like remember like how shitty it is. Yeah, I think I played it for like five minutes once. Yeah, the dude like he doesn't even animate. Like the sword just like appears out of his chest. Right. It's so bad. <laughs> but it has the Nintendo seal of quality on it. This well, then I guess it was good, and I'm wrong. You are wrong. Bullshit. So, um, but. I think I appreciate, as a gamer, I appreciate when a composer puts a soundtrack together that gets me involved yeah. on that level that goes beyond. In the article I'm writing, I talk about how Star Wars was the start. You're writing an article? I'm writing a blog. Are you a writer? I, I dabble. Oh, all right. Every, occasionally, every once in a while, I share my wisdom with the world. Yeah. I'd be interested to read what you have to say. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. I hope you'll like it. I'm, I probably won't, but 
I'll read it anyway for shit. Well, I mean, I would say that's disconcerting, but I, uh, I honestly don't care what you think. I know. <laughs> so uh, uh, one of the things I mentioned is that, like, Star Wars was the first time I ever saw something where I wanted to know more about what I was experiencing than just what I was experiencing. Right. For example, like, you know, with Star Wars, I was looking at a universe where the bad guys had won. Mm-hmm. And the good guys were just surviving. Mm-hmm. I thought that was profoundly fascinating. Yeah. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know why does Darth Vader wear a helmet? Why um, does R2-D2 talk in bleeps? Um, why do the Jawas kidnap droids? Yeah. Like, I wanted to know everything about the world. It wasn't just enough to like watch a story. I, I needed to know more, the background details. How did the Empire build the Death Star? Yeah. You know? There's like a lot more going on than the sum of its parts. And, and and I think that learning all that stuff enriches the experience all the more. It makes me appreciate it all the more when I watch it. It's it's certainly nerdy geek knowledge, and you don't need to know it to enjoy the story. But for me, it's like it's such a vivid world. I just want to know more. And I think video game soundtracks do that with video games as well. When the soundtrack is really vivid and it has an identity that not only – that not only is a part of the game, but actually enhances the game's identity to me. Yeah. I just, I get more invested in the game. Um, and that goes back to Gyrus or Pitfall. Like if they take me on an emotional journey and they inform the way I play, I become more daring. I become more reckless. You know, I'm, I'm taking chances because the music is encouraging me it to improves be. improves your gameplay. Right. And it encourages me to be heroic. It yeah. encourages me to play bravely. Yeah. Rather than be cautious, um, and but the thing is, there are games where the music is very creepy, and it makes me play cautious, mm-hmm. and I start to identify. Like that to me is when I feel a game soundtrack has really hit the mark, when the music is evoking the feeling in me that the experience of playing the game is supposed to generate. Yeah, and like it takes me beyond the tactile experience of the game itself, mm-hmm. like just. It takes me beyond just pushing the buttons. You know, Mario is no longer just uh, uh, an assortment of pixels on the screen that's navigating over the other pixels. And it's not just based on my reaction. It's not just based on the controls or the level design or where platforms are located or where the secrets are, how many points I can get in a level. It becomes about a plumber in a world that is unlike anything has ever been in before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a dangerous world, but it's also kind of a fun world. Yeah. And you have to navigate all these hazards to get to where you're trying to go. It, it, the music helps take it and lift it beyond the technical aspects of the gameplay. And it adds to the whole overall experience. Yeah. And that enriches it for me. And I guess on some level, I respect and appreciate that it's able to evoke a response out of me yeah. like that. And I'm not going to say it makes me feel young because I don't even know what that means, but it it makes me feel like my appreciation for it is rewarded, I guess. And yeah. I just derive joy from that. So makes sense. And that's, you know, that's my feeling on like why video game soundtracks are, are important and why all of this is important really. Yeah. Why we just spent all this time just talking about this and 
we we went all over the place. Yeah, but that's kind of. The, but that's the point, man. There's so much to explore. We couldn't even fit it in like one. We could just like do many episodes. We could just have a podcast about game soundtracks, but yeah. we're not going to do that. But we could have a game. We could have a. We could have a totally non sequitur podcast where all we do is just go off on tangents. But in the future, we're gonna we're going to have games. We're going to have podcasts that are going to be about very specific topics. Yeah. And we're going to divert on those too. Yeah. But the editing process will probably help us clean that up. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the editing process doesn't help us clean this up a bit. But I think for the most part, I don't think anything should be cut out of this. This I, is all gold. I, you know, every are you, single word. Are you? What are you talking about? This is the greatest podcast in the world. You're not going to edit any of this out. Every word's gold. Just listen to it right now. You know what? You're right. There's no need. I'm in love. Yeah. I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't leave her. We get up. Li- <laughs> I don't know that song. I only listen to video game soundtracks. <laughs> what kind of music do you listen to, Ray? Just, you know. Oh, great. I hate that This question. conversation. Yeah, we don't have to edit any of this. This is uh, Gaming AM, episode one, in the can. It's a done deal. That's it? Yeah. That's all you get. Mm-hmm. All seriousness, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you manage to... Fight your way through to the end. Um, it means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. We hope you'll stick around and listen to what we have to offer in the future. Yeah, we'll actually like have real topics and stuff to talk about. It's going to be some cool stuff. But we kind of figured that this first podcast was just going to be people that were already familiar with the product yeah. tuning in. So we really wanted to address that stuff and um, you know make sure that everyone knew that we remembered them. Yeah. And that now that that's out of the way, we've addressed that and we can... <laughs> move on to other areas of interest. And don't worry, game soundtracks will be in it too. Right. This won't be the last time. Mm -hmm. So that's it, man. Gaming AM, episode one. Enjoy. I'm Ray Price. I'm Tom Tolios. Now, there's a... We're sitting here in my basement, and there's a truck coming. Yeah, that's really strange. It's amazing how it fit in here. Yeah. It's still pretty far from the distance. I think that... Who's driving that truck? I don't know. He looks kind of familiar to me. I, I think I've seen him somewhere before. Wait. Dude, that's M. Bison. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're in America, so it has to be M. Bison. It can't be... Dictator? It's not Vega. I think you're right. Yeah. I, that hat looks... Yeah, it's got to be him. Mm-hmm. Man, he's falling off Well, we defeated him earlier, so now he's probably coming back for revenge. He's going to run over us with his truck. <laughs> Seems know. kind of a weird way to try to kill us, right? Well, considering he could use psycho power. Yeah, he could, like, float and, and shit. How convenient that we're standing here in the middle of this road in your basement. Right. And that he's going to run us over. That's, like, it's so strange. What a weird way to end something, you know? Like, you know, you'd, like, have this, like, just great thing, and then to end it this way with you getting run over by a truck. Right. What a dumb ending. It kind of reminds me of uh, the idea of Goku coming with a machine gun or a rocket launcher. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Well, I think we better get the fuck out of here. I think well, he's coming. Uh, he's getting closer. He does not look happy. I'm a little worried. Teaser!